is Free Talk Live. As always, you're invited to take control of the airwaves. You can talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. Uh, tonight, Nikki's wearing a Lacuna Coil shirt. Last week, it was Butcher Baby's. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we saw the Lacuna Coil and Butcher Babies, like, I don't know, what, five, six months ago? Yeah, something at, like that. At this little hole-in-the-wall town called Poughkeepsie uh, in New York, which is... I got yelled at for calling it that. It's Poughkeepsie, apparently. Poughkeepsie? That's what I said, right? Wait, well... I, I feel think like you, you guys said put Poo-Kipsy. the emphasis like different places. I feel like you said Poughkeepsie because that's what I got yelled at for. Oh, I, I, it's a stupid name regardless. It, it so is. It's like, silly. Get over it. And it's it, a terrible place, but the venue is awesome is. and the show is really, really great. <laughs> like like getting there is, it's terrifying, right? Because it, it feels like you're driving through the worst parts of the Deep South. Mm. It, it really does. It, it, Except it, in the North. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like in the ghetto and the way my GPS likes to take us to this venue, because the Butcher Babies, for whatever reason, when they're on tour, they always play Poughkeepsie. And I always end up going because it's like, it's like not, not that far away, right? And yeah. you never know if you're going to run into Dave. Dave from Poughkeepsie. Oh, that's um, right. Dave from New York, who lives at the Women's Shelter, if I recall oh, yeah. correctly. Huh. He used to do Uber Eats and then he got fired. Yeah, I don't remember that. Well, I've never run into Dave, to my knowledge. and Hopefully <laughs> I won't. But anyway, Lacuna Coil was there, and Butcher Babies was there, and Butcher Babies have been there repeatedly. I didn't even like the Butcher Babies the first time I saw them live. I didn't even know they were a real band. I mean, I knew about their existence afterwards, mm-hmm. but I went to see this band called Infected Rain. Yeah, which is also awesome. Yeah, they, they are incredible, and they're relatively new, and they're Ukraine. They're not Ukrainian. I uh, think they are Ukrainian. It, it's one of the countries right by Ukraine. It's the other one that Russia was threatening to invade. And I don't remember the name of it now. But Bulgaria? No. I, I will look it up later. But it, they're not Ukrainian. Ginger's from Ukraine. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But Infected Rain, anyway, they were the band that I went to see. I was like, who's these butcher babies? But fine, I guess I'll see them too. And I wasn't that blown away with the butcher babies show. But over time, I started listening to them more and more. And now they're like my favorite band for the first time in my life well not my entire life but the first time in like 25 years a perfect circle is not my favorite band they've been replaced by butcher babies yeah but i thought their performance was really really awesome they have great energy and just like two female like front people front women yeah it's just awesome like they really bring a great energy and infected rain is from Moldova. That's it. Thank which you. just feels like such a random country. You don't really think of Moldova, but yeah, they're really awesome. I knew she had some sort of accent because I watch all of her videos on Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and, but I couldn't really place what kind of accent she I mean, had. It's one of those Eastern European accents, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I can't tell the difference between a Ukrainian accent and oh, a Moldovan no, abs- accent. I suspect yeah, someone no. from Moldova can, but yeah. I can't. But yeah, they they do a great show. I was similarly impressed when I saw the Butcher Babies. Uh, simply, be, I wasn't a huge fan at that point, and I didn't know any of their songs. But the energy they brought to their to their concerts was, and their bass player are they brings, both singers? They are both singers, yes. Mm-hmm. And and they do like the singing and the screaming, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because you. It's just, since I've gotten more into metal music, it amazes me how these women can have these beautiful, almost operatic singing voices. Yeah. And then they can scream like men. Infected it's Rain amazing. is the one that gets me the most. Infected Rain and Ginger. Or 
Hell, the agonist, really. I, I, I don't remember I think, the woman's um, name, but oh, from Arch Enemy, Alyssa White Goats, yeah. too. She I, I th- also is she the has new really... singer or the previous singer? She's the one with the blue hair. I, I okay, can't she tell. was in the agonist previously. Okay, and uh, she left the agonist to join Arch Enemy, I think. But yeah, absolutely. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Well, their old singer was sixty years old yeah. or something, so she retired and she, she retired appeared... at sixty. I don't know exactly how old she was, but. She was too old. She was like, I'm retiring. I mean, when you're a rock star, you can do that at the age of 35 if you want. So yeah. she retired and she handpicked uh, the singer from The Agonist to replace her. And she did a fantastic yeah. job. The Agonist, I feel sorry for their drummer, man, because I know how to play drums, right? And I'm not a drummer by any means, but I can keep a beat and, you know, I can do the double bass. Not, But good God, when you hear The Agonist's drummer, it's like, dude, how much cocaine is this guy on? <laughs> And do his, how does he, how does he still have legs at the end of one of these shows? Between the cymbal work and the double bass work, it's just absolutely amazing. There's so much. And I didn't even know these bands existed until like two or three years ago. Yeah, me too. One of the things that Mark Edge, who is on the show with us, loves saying is that he only listens to talk radio because it's always something new, always something original. Whereas if you listen to the radio or you listen to music or whatever, you hear the same songs over Uh, and over and over like that. Except... Musicians are always creating music, so that's totally not true. But they on radio, are, it's like a lot of times you do get like the a same, bunch of the yeah. like oldies stations and sure, but top music. Why would anyone in 2023 listen to rock music radio or 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 any music station? Like, just connect your Bluetooth to your mm-hmm. stereo, which almost every car out there has now, and just throw on Spotify for ten dollars a month, and you have virtually unlimited access to any music you want. The only reason I ever used to use the radio for music was just when I was like completely tired of the things I personally would choose, which is also a reason to use like Pandora or something, but mm-hmm. I could just press one button in the car. But that was only when I was like driving a lot and a lot of times you just get completely you go around three times and you're like, wow, everything sucks. And then you go back to your. Music. Yeah. So I had um, before I installed my new stereo in that uh, new Subaru I just got. I Congrats. I didn't have any Bluetooth capabilities or an aux cord or anything, so I was listening to the radio on How my way to work. How does it not have even, yeah, even was, an aux cord? That's, wow. 2010? I, I thought they had Bluetooth in 2010, yeah, but I, I guess, so. but this car didn't, Okay. so uh, I was enjoying the listening to music on the radio, and it actually really wasn't that bad, because um, I go into work late at night. So I got to listen to Alice Cooper's radio show. Oh my God, is he still doing that? that. He totally is. Okay. And it was really great. I was like, oh, I forgot about this. Like this is kind of, it was refreshing, but I think if I did more than, like after about two weeks of it, I was like, all right, I'm ready to be able to, because I select my music very specifically. I have a very, you know, eclectic taste in music. Sometimes I want to listen to classical music. Sometimes I want to listen to metal. Sometimes I want to listen to country. And it is completely dependent on my mood. That's one of the things I like about Spotify is that it does create daily mixes, which tend to fall according to genre. Like uh, one of my friends is really into Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande and you know these other pop musicians. So I, every single day I have a daily mix that Spotify randomly generates that is filled with this pop music that I would ordinarily never listen to. But my friend likes it, so I throw it on for her sake, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's also my my Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, 80s, 70s, Blue Oyster Cult mix right there beside him. And then there's the the Tool Primus mix. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Butcher Babies, Lacuna Coil mix. It's really clever how Spotify does this. And I love yeah. Spotify. The only real issue I have with it 
is how damn stupid it is, how repetitive it is. I have never in my life voluntarily listened to a song by what is their what is their name? Sick puppy. Sick puppies? I don't know. It's either sick puppy or sick puppies. They're terrible. They're generic. They're the they're the most awful generic rock band I've ever heard. And yet Spotify has decided that I love them. And that's Spotify what I, hate about, really- I hate that about Pandora too. Like I, I mentioned Pandora is something you can use when you don't want to choose the song, but it's like, oh my God, it thinks I like stuff that I hate. Yeah, And then you got to spend time changing it. See, I really enjoy creating playlists and I'm always looking oh. for new music. So I actually use Apple Music because I've always had iPhones and whatever. Me too. I use Apple Music. So and it's I have the student discount still because I have my uh, email. So it's cheaper. So it's only like five bucks a month, which really isn't that bad uh, because I have 10,000 songs or more on it. And I have probably 30 or 40 playlists. And I've personally curated all of these playlists you can also do the like daily mix things on there. I just never really like them. I, I mm-hmm. used to use Spotify only because I had a friend who made amazing playlists and he would always send me his like literal monthly playlist and I would have <laughs> to listen to it because he was like so good at it. But I just hated Spotify. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I'm used to Apple Music. Like, a lot be. of people hate Apple Music. So. I should try the daily mixes. I, I always forget that they have that feature and they have like a radio feature, which obviously isn't actually radio, but it's like. Their version of radio where you kind you of... You Spotify or Apple? Apple Music, yeah. Because Spotify has one of those as well. But like, at, at work, we tend to listen to Linkin Park Radio. That's mm-hmm. what we put it on because it's it's generic. It's, yeah. It's rock music, but it's, it's not... It's not offensive. Yeah, it's not going to be a bunch of people yelling and screaming, which that gets on, but that's after the dinner rush. After nine o'clock, that's when we listen to Marilyn Manson and yeah. Butcher Babies and all of these other, you know, screaming women that are fantastic to listen to. But when people bring their kids in, they don't want to hear that. So Lincoln Park Radio, but it does generate these these radios that they're just not very good. And they, they tend to only play singles. And that's one of my biggest issues with Spotify. Like if you go to a Lincoln Park Radio, don't throw in some System of a Down and some Disturbed. And that's probably the heaviest it will get. But System of a Down, it will always be Chop Suey yeah, it's like- and Ariel's. It's like... If it's I like, come hear, on, they have more than two good songs. Yeah, if I hear Ariel's one more damn time for the rest of my life, they like a few weeks ago the song Forest came on, which uh-huh. is all the same album of by System of a Down, and it's it's just one of their random songs. It's not even a great song, but it was a different System yeah. of a Down song, and like, I was huh, so happy to hear it. What'd you say you use there? Spotify. Spotify, yes. Yeah, I would say that actually Pandora is pretty good about that. Like sometimes I'm just like, wow, I've never heard this song by this artist I actually actually really like. Because it popped up on there. This would all be very easily fixed if Spotify just had a slider there that was like singles only Mm -hmm. on one side and then obscure only Mm -hmm. on the other, where it would either play all of the singles on these bands or it would play their obscure ones. So it's like, okay, it's time for a Disturbed song. Okay, but you selected obscure songs only. So let's play, I don't know, Just Guarded off of... Yeah, what, what, 10,000 Days? Was that 10,000 Fists? No. What album was that? I don't remember what album. But anyway, some obscure song rather than Down with the Sickness or Stricken. Yeah. And Spotify is horrible about playing so, only the singles. I think I'm just going to make an assumption here. I don't know if, there, if, if this is factual, but I'm going to assume that most people just want to listen to like the singles and maybe that's why they do it. But it would be nice if there was like a deep tracks sort of playlist yeah. where you could you know, get more of that because typically what I do is I'll just download the whole album 
of an artist that I like. And then if I hear a song that I'm like, oh, I really don't like this, then I'll just take that out. That's what I do. I've been using Spotify for so long that the concept of listening to an entire album is mm-hmm. like weird to me now. Yeah. Like hearing the same artist, multiple songs in a row, I'm like, what's happening? Why yeah. Why is this happening? But- See, I'll still listen to stuff on vinyl. Really? Mm-hmm. I just don't. I mean, and I... The music industry is changing in this regard. They're moving more and more towards singles and less and less toward albums. And and I like this. And Butcher Babies are one of the prime examples of this. They're releasing a new single in two days. Mm-hmm. They also just released a new single a few months ago. I was one of the first people to see it live at Incarceration. It was a cover of some hip-hop song called Best Friend. Yeah. It's terrible. Like, Butcher Babies, why? Why did you inflict this upon the world? But whatever. You know, they, they're going to do what they're going to do. But anyway, for the last, I'm I'm hoping that they're not on tour this year because they're not on tour this year. But I'm hoping the reason for that is because they're actually doing an entire album. But looking at their history on Spotify, I doubt that's the Mm -hmm. case because it's just one single after the other. Like every year they release a new single. It's like, that's great and all. But I also like the album approach, right? Like the last full album I believe I listened to was A Perfect Circle's new album. And that that released right before or right after I came to New Hampshire. Other than that, it's like Spotify serves me all of the stuff that I want to hear. But as you point out, it's probably true that most people only want to hear the singles. Yeah. Because most people probably only use Spotify when they're in their car. Well, I think that artists were releasing a lot less albums during like COVID and stuff. Because you don't want to like release an album and not be able to perform it. Like Lady Gaga released an album at the very beginning of the COVID stuff. And, you know, we thought like, oh, it might be over soon anyway. Well, they should have been recording an album. She couldn't, you know, go and perform it for two years. And everybody was getting, I mean, the album was old at that point. Yeah. Yeah. The smart thing would have been to record a new album during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I know like some artists were doing that, but. But I suspect I use Spotify more than the average person because I would just sit at home and have Spotify playing for like three hours a day. And then, of course, I listen to it for eight to 10 hours a day at work. Mm-hmm. And so the average person probably doesn't do that. So only hearing Chop Suey by System of Down is probably fine for them because they're only going to hear it once a week yeah. at the most, maybe once a month. Whereas I'm going to hear it multiple times a day. Yeah, it's like at least throw us prison song or something. Well, it's it has done that. But the solution here is obvious, right? It's to create my own playlist. Yeah. Just like I used to do with Windows Media Player, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to have... One of the benefits of Spotify is that it will generate these dynamic playlists for me. I just want it to widen its selection on what it will choose. Like, how about maybe instead of Chop Suey, you you choose Needles or some other obscure song that you don't ever play. I, I can't imagine that's too complicated of a request for Spotify to have. Honestly, I, I suggest Pandora for this. You just got to be on it when you first get it to be like thumbing down the stuff you absolutely hate. And uh, that way it will go away. Well, see, I blocked some bands like Nickelback blocked. <laughs> and and also, <laughs> I know, right? Aria has zero tolerance for Nickelback. And, well, that's because I, I don't object to Nickelback, right? And Chad Kruger, their singer, he's one of the best lyricists to walk the earth. Like no one writes catchy hooks like this dude. You love him or hate him. His lyrics are popular and, they've all, and they're always popular. But they take that problem that I have with Spotify and they multiply it to a thousand fold, right? Whereas Spotify only plays the popular singles. Well, that's all anyone ever plays of Nickelback. So literally, like, the only things Spotify ever plays when it comes to Nickelback are their popular singles. 
And maybe I could go through and dig out, you know, the gems that I might like, but I don't like Nickelback enough to do that. Like in the way that I just go, okay, no, I like this other song by System of Down or Disturbed or whatever. Like I listen to them, so I know which songs to look for. But with Nickelback, I don't. Stone Sour and Slipknot were also banned or blocked on my Spotify for a very long time. Really? Yes. Because Spotify decided that I loved Corey Taylor, right? It just decided this. It, it does this. It just decided one day. Corey Taylor was the best musician to ever live, and I needed to hear Stone Sour all the time. But there's only like three Stone Sour songs that it ever, ever plays. Um, and I can't remember. The, through, the, through the Looking Glass or whatever, uh, song number three. What a creative name, by the way. And Say You'll Haunt Me. Those are the only three songs Spotify ever played. And every single day they were in the playlist, just like Sick Puppies is. Sick Puppies may be blocked now. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't checked. But it's frustrating. I don't mind hearing these songs occasionally. Just like anyone out there doesn't mind hearing a song occasionally. But when when it's the second time in two hours that I've heard this song, like Spotify should have a mechanism where if I skip a song that I've listened to previously all the way through, it should be able to pick up the hint. Yeah. And yeah, but stop and that's playing what it does on Pandora. If you thumb it down one time, it skips it right there and it But I don't want it to play never it play it again. Hmm. I just want it just to just less frequently. Yeah. Hmm. Right. It, it could play this song again six months from now, but give me some different stone sour in the meantime. Or give me some different I've I've since fixed the issue with slipknot, right? By intentionally going through and listening to obscure Slipknot songs that I like from their first album that no one's ever going to choose to listen to, like Prosthetics, which is a really weird but really good song from their first album. And the Spotify would never play that. It, instead, it's just going to play Wait and Bleed or The the Devil and I mm-hmm. or insert whatever song here. So there's there's huge problems with Spotify, and it could be such an amazing thing. But the reason I get in all of this is because Mark always said, or he likes saying, that you know there's... There's no new music out there or not enough, you know, music is repetitive or whatever. I thought he doesn't like new music. He said that his brain can't enjoy any new music, and that's why he has to listen to the same old I mean, old not stuff. with that attitude. Yeah, I don't believe that's true. Because I, well, I used to say that, too. I used to say, like, oh, I can't listen to anything beyond this time period because most of what I liked was from the 70s or the 90s. Yeah. So I just completely wrote off all new music and then once I was like, okay, let's open my mind to something different and I started to explore more stuff. I'm like, no, actually, there's a lot of really awesome music coming out still. There really is. And that's what I love most about Spotify is that Lacuna Coil randomly played one night while I was at work like two and a half, maybe three years ago, not long after the raid. So I guess it was about two years ago. Lacuna Coil just randomly played. Never heard them before. Didn't know anything about them. I had heard of them. Mm-hmm. But to me, they were just one of those 90s bands that played on MTV and that I heard about from a friend of mine who watched MTV. They, they were like Edema or Nonpoint or one of these other 90s bands that came and went and did nothing remarkable. I had no idea they even had a female singer. And whatever song it was, I was like, man, that was fantastic. So I started listening to Lacuna Coil, which ended up leading to Infected Rain and Butcher Babies and all of these other bands that I two years ago I didn't even know existed. And now... They're my number one played bands on Spotify. Butcher Babies is my favorite band. And if I took Mark's approach of only listening to talk radio or saying, well, there's no new music out there. I'm just going to listen to podcasts now, which would be the Spotify equivalent, I guess. Then I never would have experienced any of these bands that now I'm like, how did I ever live without these? Well, he did. I gave him the aux once and I was like, Mark, just play whatever you want. And first thing he played was a... 
oh man what the heck is it called oh race by the race or something by kate oh the distance by cake and i was like oh i actually like this song but then he uh he played this band i had to google what it's called it's called okay go and it's just okay. I mean, like well, that's I, why they're called OK Go. That's, <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, they have cool music videos in a way. Like they they do interesting stuff, right? But I, the music is just like okay, like it's good, but it's not like I would never choose to listen to it. But whatever. I was letting Mark play his music, and the music videos were kind of interesting to watch. And I told him, "Oh yeah, our friend. I won't say his name. Well, you, wait. He's been on the show. Chris Reitman likes this band. He showed me this band actually, and he was like, "Dang it, it's an old guy band." <laughs> I mean, I, I feel for Mark. I do. And, and you know, as a rock listener, as someone who loved new metal, that, that would probably be my favorite type of rock music is Disturbed and Tool. Well, mm-hmm. the, tool is probably more art metal, I think they call it, but or progressive metal. But just new metal in general is what I've always listened to. I can relate. It's only coincidence that there's still new metal being generated out there. And it's all from these old bands that are that are basically washed up i mean let's face it when i see papa roach up there on stage and incarceration i'm like all right you guys are still doing this this guy's kind of overweight and he he looks like he's past his prime and that's what all of these musicians look like i mean metallica right one of the one of the earliest prog metal bands out there and you look at them like they're all great hair tool long gray hair 50 60 years old these bands are and it's just coincidence or fortunate for me that any of these new bands or any of these bands are playing and still making new music Mm -hmm. in mark's case the bands that he would like to listen to aren't yeah and like that that sucks i mean i listen to a lot of 70s classic rock and i've seen you know fleetwood mac steve miller band even ozzy osbourne you know i've seen some of these people live and sometimes it's like oh this is awesome and sometimes it's like uh, that was really disappointed, like disappointing. Or yeah. is Ozzy Osbourne going to have a stroke on the stage right now? Like I'm a little <laughs> concerned for his well-being. Did it he, was actually a great show, but I'm like, he's is he still capable? No, of he, doing this. He officially retired like last week. Well, yeah. I didn't hear that. Eighty something years old. Well, he broke his back, right? Oh it, yeah, on the four wheeler. But that was a while ago, right? Yeah, but that was ultimately the reason that he went into why he retired. Oh, apparently, yeah. so I mean. Congrats on the long-lasting career, though, Ozzy. I can't believe with all those drugs, he's still going. What are your thoughts on music? Or maybe we're wrong. Maybe talk radio is better. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and you're invited to join the discussion, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to do that, the 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And last night, Ian said something uh, in the first segment. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was really, really good, and I'm going to clip it. And I'm going to have to listen to the entire first segment because I don't even remember now what we were talking about when he said it. And I hate re-listening to episodes of the show because that's like, that's 40 minutes that I'm going to be listening to the show. And there's all sorts of other stuff that I could be doing in this rare three-hour downtime after I worked for 13 hours between my two jobs. It's like, finally, I can do something, but what am I going to do? I'm going to go home and listen to the show. And then do some video editing because we do have a TikTok channel and it's been like three weeks now 
since I since anyone has put anything on yeah, the I'll TikTok. Yeah, I'll have to find you some funny content from Sunday shows. Yeah, absolutely. Just all you got to do is shoot me a timestamp. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, third segment or whatever. Uh, the more precise you can be, the better, so that I have to listen to fewer of it. Like, the first hour. Oh, great. Now I have to listen to the whole first hour, right? Or, you know, a timestamp is helpful. But anyway, so it's been a while since anything was on our TikTok channel. You can find it at tiktok.freetalklive.com. That's tiktok.freetalklive.com. And there we... Me and Ian are planning something, but I don't want to say what. Is that going on to the TikTok? Or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I was thinking that more stuff needs to be... I mean, I still think stuff needs to come from the show because... Then people will be like, oh, what's this? But I wanted to do some stuff that's like outside of it. Like, I mean, what- I agree entirely. We need, we need supplementary material. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. I used to think that uh, it would be great to have nobody say some stuff. So maybe we could get him to do that too. I think he'd probably like that. Also good. Yeah. Anything that could be cut to like a minute or a minute and a half is fantastic on TikTok. Or even some uh, videos of people doing activism, like some protests or, you know, I- I've clipped videos of. Like me testifying at different. Well, we have all of that on YouTube, and yeah, but some of that stuff could be good. Like little clips of it would be perfect for TikTok too. It's entertaining to me, and it's good activism to me to to see the bill hearings and stuff like that. But like the average Gen Z, yeah, Gen Z is the market here, and we're not going to appeal to them with like yeah, watch Rich Paul testifying. I put that up and it didn't do that well. So like I forgot we yeah, already did maybe. try this. I did. I okay. mean I thought it was great because he d- he does good um, at you know being marketing like, marketing in a way too, too you know to Gen yeah. Z people specifically Not, and like yeah. what he was saying was great but it's just it was too long. Like we can see the stats so like they cut out after you know like a minute they're like bored or whatever. Oh yeah, more than a minute for TikTok is probably that, too and long. it's just like I mean I, I said a minute this it was less than that. Like Ian knows he he looked at it with it's me like but 15 I forgot. seconds. Literally something like that. Yeah. I, I think if you just the... get like a funny statement from something like that, then you know, it'd be more interesting. But Right, right. I haven't looked at the stats, but I suspect the only one that people are like watching all the way through regularly is the drag queen clip. Right. And that was down to like a minute, 15 seconds. I clipped a ton mm. of that conversation out to get just the highlights, right? And because that's generally what we have to do with TikTok. Like if you send me a timestamp and like, here's 10 minutes of audio, I'm probably going to clip it down to like a minute, to removing a lot of the in between stuff. Like the conversation Mark Ian and I had about, you know, being having a different plantation on which you can live that was the whole conversation right it was all you have in the united states or in the world is a choice between plantations as as a tax slave basically and mark said with a straight face that that's what you had but he was saying like that's a choice between plantations he's saying like you should be grateful like at least you know you don't have to stay in the united states you're choosing to live there and aria was like well, what's the difference between staying here and walking onto the plantation that's Honduras? And he was like, a choice between plantations. Yeah. <laughs> like, he said it seriously. And Ian even called him out because Ian was watching his video. It's like, you may, he sounds like he's joking, but he's not. He's being completely serious here. And so <laughs> My that, plantation's better than your plantation. But he was arguing. Wow. And so I took all of that and I clipped it down to like, I, I still think it came out to like two and a half minutes, longer than I would have liked, but... There was too much context that mm-hmm. was needed for it to make sense. Like, how do we get into this whole tax leave thing in the first place? And then that. Yeah. And so. then once you get into clipping, because I've done the thing before where you clip things in the middle out and it just takes a really long time to piece together a video like that. Not for me, because I have a lot of experience with it because I used to do um, 
Bad Movie Club, which was exactly mm-hmm. that. We would record ourselves watching a bad movie and we're going to resume it at some point. But as you might have guessed, I've got a bit going on in my life right yeah. now. Like, let's wait until after the sentencing and stuff to resume any of these projects. So, but that was what we did. We would record ourselves watching a movie and it would, then I would have to take the audio feed from the movie, the video feed from the movie and the audio feed from us and the video feed from us, all four separate, you know, inputs. And I had to synchronize them together and make what we were saying correspond to the right part of the movie. And then of course we have an hour and 45 minutes of commentary. We can't put that on YouTube and most of it's not worth listening to in the first place. Yeah. Like an hour and 20 minutes of it is literally just us sitting there drinking because that was what we did. So, you know, I would have to clip out everything that wasn't interesting. And the tool that I used, uh, Movavi, I think it was called, made it super easy to do exactly that. Just like cut it here, delete all of that, then cut the next part. So I got really good at doing using that tool quickly. Yeah, I guess. See, I can do it quickly if I'm doing it on my laptop because that's pretty much how I make my yoga classes. But for some reason, when I have to do that for like Instagram and I'm doing it on my phone. Oh, good Lord. No, I don't do this just, on my phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, like, I should have uh, clarified that. I do this on my computer and I then I use Dropbox to send myself the that's video. That's such a good idea. That's a Gen Z skill, that. though. Like Gen Zers can sit there and edit a TikTok in a way that's like, I feel like I'm like an old person learning to use a computer. Like, I couldn't just sit there and edit a TikTok. It's so hard. Like, I only tried a little bit during the pandemic, and I was just like, this isn't for me. It's like really hard. <laughs> well, I had no doubt that you could, right? But I could learn it. it it's sure. a skill thing, and like, I have better things to do than I already know how to do this on a computer. Right. So why would I waste 10 hours learning to do it on a phone when instead I can just do it on the computer and do yeah. it just as fast? Because they're not going to be any faster doing it from the phone. Even if they are, even if they do manage to be just as fast, they're not going to be faster. So like I've got nothing to gain except a few minutes of transferring it to myself. But see, I have a I have a network drive at home, so it's not even sharing it to myself via Dropbox anymore. It's just saving the file onto my network drive and then navigating to that on my phone and uploading it to TikTok. It's seamless. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that I do it. Doing this on my phone, good God, no. I, I couldn't imagine how time-consuming and difficult that would be. Even if I was... Bonnie uh, did a screen recording of me, uh, not of me, for me, like a year ago of the crypto Ballad of the Crypto 6 thing. And I... If, oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was purposely not putting a lot of effort into it. I was like, I could make this better, but why? No doubt. I was just testing it out. It's still... It's amazing. If you asked me to give you a a screen recording of my phone, I could get it to you, but it wouldn't be quick. It wouldn't be easy. And a faster, easier way would be for me to just open it on my computer, export what I wanted and send you that. Oh, so that would take me so much better. longer. It'd probably look better. It probably it would. Way. Because but... I, I like left in the ending part where the... Or I'm turning it off and everything. I yeah. just I didn't yeah, feel like gotta, editing it. Well, gotta it was clip just, that out. It was just for me to watch. So it's not yeah. like you were uploading it to YouTube or anything. No, I like think that. I did upload it to TikTok oh, like that. Okay. Well, still, it, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have the tools available ready to go to quickly record my screen and send it to someone if that was what they wanted. So to me, that was an impressive thing. But let's go to the phones. We have Ricky on the line from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ricky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, do me a favor. 
Maybe. I'll talk to you tomorrow night about your little thing with the phone because I have something to talk about about that. So keep it in your mind. Our little thing with the phone? Talk about tonight. Well, well, no, about saying about your thing with the phone and all that because I had an alternative in 2017 that I used, but I'll get into that okay. tomorrow night. So keep it in mind, all right? Okay. Well, I'm not on tomorrow night, so if you want to talk to me about it, it will have to be next Monday. Okay, that's fine. Can you remember it? Probably not. All right. Well, I'll refresh your memory. Okay. Anyways, here's my conversation tonight. And I think this is an interesting one. Now, I, my landlord who rents me the room is here, so I'm exposed to this. But I remember this starting when I used to be on the radio before, going back to 17, when it just started. Tonight's topic is what I call... Free Talk Live has been uh, on the air since 2006. Huh? Free Talk Live, if that's what you mean, has been on the air since 2006. I know, but I didn't come in, and I okay, came gotcha. in around 2013. Okay. Okay, but anyways, I ended in 70. I disappeared for five years. What? Now, when it comes down, huh? Go ahead. Okay. Tonight's topic is extreme right radical conspiracy theories. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with this stuff, but it's really scary and pretty amazing. Now, the first I started hearing about this was about probably six months before I ended up disappearing, you know, and the 16 going to 17. What it started with was a guy, somebody by the name of Q on Fortran. That's where this stuff started with. But it exploded past that and ended up on these extreme right-wing podcasts. Here's examples of these things, things that they believe in and things that they say are the case. Get this. Some of the easier stuff, for example, they believe that JFK Jr. is still alive, that he didn't actually die. Princess Diana's still alive, too. And Mary Tell and John. Huh? Princess Diana is supposedly... Sister Bonnie. I mean, there's people who believe that Elvis is still alive. I I don't find it particularly... Here's what's really scary. Now, also a belief of theirs is that, and this is pretty common, you hear about this, that Donald Trump is not only still the president, but he's secretly running the presidency from Mar-a-Lago and in control of the military. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I've heard that oh, one. Yeah, Why is that scary, though? It's just these these neck beards on the Internet who have this bizarre conspiracy theory that, for the most part, has no effect on the world until someone, you know, gets radicalized and they go and they shoot up a grocery in New York. And, and really, right, I don't even think many people are QAnon followers anymore. Like, they basically fell you off. You'd be surprised. Marjorie Taylor Greene, representative from Georgia, comes to mind. She's one of them. It, it's these mega people. And there's 30 of them in the House of Representatives. She's well, not every mega person is a QAnon believer. I doubt, yeah, I don't think any of, well, maybe a couple of them, but I would be doubtful if all of them are. 30 of these extreme people that I mentioned, as an example. Why are you characterizing the, these 30 people as extreme? Okay, for example, Marjorie Taylor Greene, representative okay. from Georgia. That's one, though, not 30. <laughs> Okay, but she's one of the most powerful people right now in the House of Representatives now. now I don't know, maybe. Of, well, she is, thanks to Kevin McCarthy, believe me. Now, what it comes down to... I don't care what these monsters do. Well, what it comes down to is there's so much of this stuff. This is where the stuff is coming from, the interest in Hunter Biden... The Hunter Biden laptop. Is what's scary or extreme about having interest in these pictures of Joe Biden's son, the president's son, 
being naked and inappropriate with very, very young looking girls and like doing drugs and stuff. I think the interest is completely valid. Why is the president's son allowed to like have videos of himself doing drugs and anybody else, you know, is going to get investigated? Well, but that's not what they're looking at. What they're thinking is that there was some kind of major conspiracy with uh, Biden because they said the, there was an email that's referred to the big man. Well, and what's interesting there, about that? Wait, the there, man, it, it's not a conspiracy. Like, haven't haven't you read the tr- Twitter files? There is a major conspir- conspiracy involving the Hunter Biden laptop that the White House yeah, got involved and didn't let this. people spread the videos or information about it online. I mean, it's fascism. Yeah, but what's funny about it is at one point, Trump in emails that were very questionable was referred to as the big man. So what the hell does that mean? You know? It probably is a reference to president, like whoever the president is. I, I suspect I, I suspect that QAnon is is a attempt by the CIA or some other government or governmental organization to keep well, people to make conspiracy. Will you let me say the sorry, hypothesis to keep yeah, people from taking conspiracy theories seriously? Right, right. Because if you think back just a few years, there was literally an international financier named Jeffrey Epstein who rubbed elbows with people like Bill Clinton and Donald Trump and Joe Biden and all of these other people who was ultimately sent to prison where he, quote, killed himself while being on suicide watch where the security cameras just happened to what just happened to malfunction at the very night on this billionaire pedophile who killed himself while rubbing elbows with all of these rich politicians and world leaders and princes and kings. Yeah, but it even goes on beyond this. I mean, like my lady friend, she believes there's a thing called Nasara. That's for this country. And there's a thing called Gasara. And it's all over these podcasts. And what it means is that that they believe that all these people, whether it be Hillary Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Chuck Schumer, the majority leader of the Senate. Stop saying names. What are they accused of doing? These people were taking and executed at Gitmo. They're not even there. These are like imaginary people or actors. And Biden's dead, too. He's an actor. Yeah, and these and crazy beliefs are, are, are thrown out there as a way to discredit actual, val- more valid, less crazy conspiracy theories. Right? Yeah, they did the same thing lot. during 9-11, where I mean, you weren't allowed to be a truther because then they go, oh, so you you believe humans didn't land on the moon, or insert, or you'd believe the moon's not real, or insert whatever belief. But there's a lot of people who believe this. It's a large amount. I mean, there's it's a lot of people who believe that. in a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot I, of people believe the Earth is flat. I don't really, like, get scared because there are people that believe in this stuff. That's what, that's what I just... That's the main problem I have with your whole thing. It's like, I'm not saying I believe in QAnon. I don't, I've never even read a post by him or anything. Don't care what they say. But why does it scare you that other people have beliefs? Like, it's like me and Ian and, I mean, me and Ari and Nikki have been talking a lot about Christianity because, like, we all had to grow up with insane people trying to propagandize us about Christianity. But at the same time, it doesn't make me scared to know that there are Christians out there. Like, it doesn't make me, like, scared. And I don't want to call, I don't just go around giving them, you know, a type of label like extreme and try to make them sound like they're terrorists because I think that their beliefs are utterly nuts. You see what I'm saying? Well, if I may comment on your Christianity comment, and that's probably what I'll go with. You see, here's the way I look at it. I tell people, 
all rights are important, whether they obtain to you or not. But let's take the right to freedom of religion. Now, as far as Christians go, I think if you want to be a Christian, that's fine. You know, but what unfortunately what most Christians do is they tend to either now I'm very pretty informed actually. I'm not per se a Christian, but I am quite informed about the Bible, ancient texts and things of that nature. But most Christians are not very informed. Second of all, more importantly, what they tend to do is push their stuff on other people to make them like them. You know? And they there's something in this world called the Christian nationalist. That has existed ever since the second term of FDR, where a Christian nationalist ran. We had one here in Pennsylvania. Are you saying Christian nationalists? Yes. It's okay. something. It, it, we had one in Pennsylvania ran for governor against uh, Governor Shapiro, who actually won. And what a Christian nationalist is, is someone that's hard right. Uh, they believe in Christianity in the form of white Christianity. So it's like a white uh, nationalist? They're anti-Semites. They're anti-Semites. No, you know? they're not. Christian nationalists are. It's, it's, an, it's a, actually a political uh, stance. Are they actually they're anti-Semitic not. or are they anti-Semitic in the way that if you say something like Israel as a nation doesn't have the right to exist, it's oppressing Palestinians and it exists on land stolen from Palestinians, then you're anti-Semitic. Like, is it actually anti-Semitic or is it just criticism of the nation of Israel. I don't even see how it's possible to be it's an anti-Semitic Christian. People in general. So I don't you either. believe it's in the Old Testament and you believe yeah. Jews are the chosen people, but somehow you're anti-Semitic? I mean, I have, I have seen it before. I have seen some Christian people who are very racist against Jewish people because, oh, you're supposed to be right. Christian now. But they're also not well-versed in the Bible. Right. You know, they just went and to church I- and... That's the you craziest I- part to me about, you know, the Christianity as a whole is this... It's people legitimately worshiping a God who chose someone else yeah. to be their chosen people. And that, that to me is crazy. Like if, if I'm going to worship a God, then yeah, I'll, be, be chosen. Yeah, if, I'll be damned if I'm not the chosen people of that God. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Ricky from Pennsylvania. However, that's where Christianity gets weird. Because mm-hmm. if you read like Paul and the Acts and the New Testament, the word Christian isn't anywhere in the Bible. Instead, what it what it suggests is that if you're a believer in Christ, then that makes you Jewish. So it it makes you not a Gentile. It doesn't make you genetically a Jew, obviously, but the word used to describe these people became Jews, according to Paul. That's so confusing. And, and that's really what I think all of my ancestors were that are supposedly Jewish. I think that they're just Christian. Pe- I mean, uh, sorry. I think that they're just converts in Ukraine. And that that's, you know, most I, I don't I don't want to say something that I don't know is true, but I yeah. suspect a lot of the like white people walking around who are like, I'm Jewish. So that means I'm a minority or just, you know, their ancestors are, quote unquote, Ashkenazi Jews who converted and they're really just, you know, Polish or Ukrainian or German or whatever. It's also so weird to me that people will say stuff like that where they're like, oh, my ancestors from 50 to 100 of years ago were this thing. So, you know, that makes me um, important or special or, you know, that has nothing to do with who you are as a person. It doesn't. And I, I hate that. I hate that I believe that because, like, I, I know that one of my ancestors was, was here prior to the American Revolution, yeah. like in 1624, and that my family sided with the colonies 
against the king. Someone in my family invented what the Kentucky Long Rifle, which they they were arms manufacturers and they fought against England on behalf of the colonies. It's like, I wish that I found actual value in that. It's a cool yeah. story. And and I like knowing that, you know, my ancestors were like, you know, screw the government, yeah. fight the man or whatever. And I feel like they would probably be cheering me on from the grave if they were able to cheer people on. But I can't be one of these people who's like, well, my family's been here since the 1600s or whatever. But when it comes to the subject of secession and the American government or whatever, I think I said in the secession hearing that, you know, the United States government, I, my family was here first. Yeah. So if anyone has to leave, it's them. Not Absolutely. Me. My you know, family's I, been here since 1620. Yeah, same here. I mean, one of my uh, one of my ancestors signed the Declaration of Independence. Wow, awesome. supposedly and, one of my ancestors was on the Mayflower. Yeah, my my family came on the Mayflower too. But they, these are just things that I'm like, yeah, cool. We settled in Massachusetts or New Hampshire, like. Hundreds right. of years ago, what does that really have to do with me? I mean, like you said, it's a cool story, but that has n- it doesn't really have much to do. And I, I'm really into like heritage and you know, like breaking ancestral curses and stuff like that, and you know how your line affects you spiritually. But it doesn't really, you know, it's not something I'm going to brag about. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't my accomplishment. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think a lot of these people who take pride in their ancestry or their skin color or their nationalism or whatever, their primary issue is that they have no accomplishments of their own from which they can draw pride. Or they want to use it to be hateful. Oh, I'm better than you because I'm what insert thing here. But see, they also... it's I'm better than you because I'm white is drawing pride from the fact that they're being white because they have nothing else to be accomplished about instead of saying, well, I'm better than you because, you know, I, I wrote this song or whatever, Mm -hmm. instead of having an actual reason, a thing that they did. Sure. Some people are better than others, but it's not because of skin color It's because of accomplishments, Mm -hmm. but they don't have any accomplishments. So they, all they can do is point to these arbitrary characteristics that they draw pride from because they're lazy pieces of crap who have done nothing productive in their entire lives. This is the issue I have with the American nationalists who are like, yeah, I'm America's the greatest nation on earth and I'm great because I'm from America. It's like, okay, but what have you done? Yeah. Like and, being born somewhere is nothing. Yeah. Like, congratulations. The grand total contributions you made to society was breathing. And the thing is, like, I am of two minds about being from America. Like, in a, in a way, I like feeling like I really have, like... Sounds funny, but like no specific culture. Like I don't just relate with all white people in America. Like we're all just so different. Like it, it, that, that would just be a weird thing for me to be like, oh, I'm just so proud of being a white American. That's just so weird. That's so many different things. So many different attitudes and people and personalities. Like there's nothing like like it being from other countries. It seems like they have this cohes cohesion of a culture and in a way like it always makes me like what would it be like to have that but at the same time i'm happy to be free of that i don't i just am me well the united states is huge so there isn't just one culture there's like the melting pot there's a culture in texas there's one in the deep south new england has its own culture the west coast does so it's more localized and then i'm also from like military city in each state that i've lived in so it's like melting pot times a million Talk Live. It's 
Free Talk Live, and you can weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. Again, the number 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And coming up, we're going to tell you about, well, we're going to have a discussion about whether or not God should be called He. The Church of England evidently is considering the possibility that, no, maybe God should not be called God is non-binary. That's, I mean... I think so. T- technically speaking, I mean, right? I I I, I, I would don't have know. to think of God as literally non-binary, not in the way that humans cr- have created non-binary, where basically they create a new binary, so it makes no sense. Yeah, but in the way that literally, how could God be everything outside of the universe? You know, be everything, be the on- only thing that could have thought it all up, and be a man or a woman. It makes no sense. It's it's just the human. Like we've talked about the human ego creating God into something that they can understand. Absolutely. And Iranian dancing, if you remember a number of years ago, some some teenagers were arrested in Iran for for dancing to the song Happy. That's still going on. Iran hasn't learned gotten any chill since then. But first, I want to talk about what what was it that I wanted to talk about, Bonnie? The judge. Uh, yes, thank you. The judge in Las Vegas, a number of weeks ago, we alluded to this guy who was getting in trouble with uh, the Ethics Commission and had resigned and then went on to kill himself. So the last time we got into it, we started getting a bunch of calls and we didn't get into the actual article. So let's let's go ahead and dive into it, Bonnie. A Las Vegas judge commits suicide after facing ethics probe for demanding an investigation into alleged sex trafficking ring. This okay, is from, hold, hold on. Uh, run this by me again. He, what? The judge, it's a woman, uh-huh. commits suicide after facing an ethics probe because she demanded an investigation into an alleged sex trafficking ring. It's it's a the reason I brought this story in is because it's kind of like a who's really the bad guy here? Like obviously, I just want to say the judge and the cops, but it's like they're both kind of the bad guy. I want to make sure I understand though. She was trying to investigate a child sex trafficking ring. Yeah, but she's a judge. She can't do an investigation. Right. But and as punishment for that, they opened an ethics uh, investigation against her. Right. Which led to her resignation and her suicide. We don't know that that's why she killed herself. It's just suspicious. Did she kill herself? Right. Yeah, see, I didn't know, when we talked about this previously, I didn't know anything about the child sex ring. I, I thought this was just a... It's w- just a sex trafficking ring, not child. Well, I didn't know uh, anything about the so- sex trafficking ring. I mean, I thought it was just this judge who was facing an ethics probe who then killed herself. Yeah, because now I'm getting, like, some conspiracy theory yeah, vibe. You know, like now hashtag I- judge didn't kill herself kind of thing. That's what I'm feeling. Right, it, exactly. It's really hard to tell who's the bad guy here. Okay, let's get into it. A former Las Vegas judge committed suicide a year after she resigned from her position after facing an ethics investigation. Per the Clark County Coroner's Office, which is Las Vegas, oh wait, we already said that, Judge Melanie Andres Tobiasen 
died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, which is, you know, a rare way for a woman to kill themselves. It's an extremely... Yeah, normally that's how men kill themselves. Typically, women try to overdose on medications or things like that. That's why women have a lower success rate with suicide than men do, because men go for the guns, and women tend not to do that. So that's... Mm -hmm. Definitely alarm. It's not impossible. Yeah, but red flag number one. Yeah. Or number three. <laughs> According to Andres Tobiasen, she resigned in an attempt to avoid a complicated ethics investigation that started when she attempted to rescue her daughter from being allegedly sex trafficked. Okay. So her daughter was sex trafficked and she attempted to investigate it. And- rescue her daughter from being sex trafficked is a little an extreme way to care that from based on what I've read from this so far. All right. Well, what does this say? It says Andres Tobiasen's troubles began when her 16-year-old daughter started to work at Top Notch, a clothing store that Andres Tobiasen believed was running a prostitution ring that would recruit teenage girls. Okay, so she started working at this clothing store, and her mom was like, "They're actually selling hookers there." That's it says it. in in an act she believed would protect her daughter. Tobias, oh, wait, I don't want to skip to that part. I want to explain why she thought that. And I thought it, I'm pretty sure it goes into this. But that is what she thought, right? That this convenient, so was she crazy? Or was there actual reason to believe that this clothing store was operating a sex trafficking ring? Well, I guess that's what she wanted them to get into. But for some reason, it's not here. Maybe I read like multiple articles about this, but I thought it it explained kind of like just that the daughter had been proposed, you know, hey, if you want more work, you could do this. But never at any point was she rescued from being a pro- like forced to be a prostitute. And, and but was that option actually on the table? It's like, not was in this she article, actually- so I'm like, I don't want to like assume. All it says here is that she tried to warn uh, the police about the store owner, owner at the time, but she claimed she received no action from local law enforcement. Right, but you've read other things about this. So, I mean, from your memory... Was the girl told that, hey, you can make some more money if you had sex with some of our customers? Or is this just some insane thing that the judge fabricated in her imagination? I don't know if there's any way to know, because she probably wouldn't just even come out with that stuff because she wanted there to be, you know, like an investigation. And you don't just, you know, you got to save things for court, stuff like that. I don't I don't remember there being a specific, like, quote that they right. wrote or something like that. Sounding crazy so far. Let's put it on hold for a minute and go to the phone. So we have Alu on the line from here in New Hampshire. Alu Axelman from Liberty Block. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. I want to change the subject, I guess, and talk about a bunch of the bills here in New Hampshire. Um, There are a bunch of bills for gun control and a few good bills to nullify federal gun laws. And there were hearings today for pretty much all of those bills in the House Criminal Justice Committee. And a lot of them are proposed by uh, free staters. A lot of free staters came out and supported it. So I know I heard a little bit of pessimism last few weeks from some people on the show um, about people being potentially lazy. I think Bonnie mentioned that some people are not always exerting their fullest practical effort possibly, which is true. But a lot of people, when I went to the state house today, I saw you know dozens of free staters, some of them elected, and working their butts off testifying all day in Representative Hall because they put the hearing in Rep Hall, which has 400 seats, obviously, because they expected a big turnout. We had a big turnout and some media. And a lot of people, like 80% of those testifying, uh, were in support of the good bills to block federal gun laws, and they opposed the bad gun bills. I mean, that's, that's awesome. great, but I don't want to box people in and say, like, 
you know, speaking at a at a congressional hearing or a House hearing or whatever is the only form of activism out there, right? Like, it's great that people oh, yeah, are willing to go and do that. But just because someone isn't going to speak at bill hearings, I, I don't think is a mark against them. Yeah, if something isn't that important to me to drive an hour out, I'll, I'll write it online. And I've written plenty of them online. Uh, sorry, testimonies online. But I just can't. I'm a little jaded for the fact that there was a bill to get rid of the drug war. Just let's just cut that out. Let's just not have any laws about drugs. And me and Ian were the only ones that showed up. Yeah, I'm, I know. That's that disappointing. I, I am disappointed, too. Um, yeah. I don't know about turnout, but I, I'm not convinced. I'm not sold on the possibility that it even matters to speak at a bill hearing. Because, like, the secession petition... Everyone we had like there. almost 100 people there, right? I, I don't know. I didn't count. But everyone there was speaking in favor of secession. Aside and then from what two happened? People. I don't yeah, I didn't there, remember. There was two one people. conservative guy at the end. Still, well, okay. Yeah, you're, you're well, right. almost uh, everyone. But then unanimously, the committee voted mm-hmm. to send the bill away. Like, all that was of like our a speaking huge about bill, it. bill, though. You know, that was something well, that they matter. brought out all the stops. When I don't it's think like, it ever matters. All of our speaking, all of our writing, it, to, it doesn't matter. I think that it yeah, has. There are a few elements that, that I would like to say. Number Go one, ahead, yes, Aria, you're right. In, in general, um, testifying to the committee is very unlikely to sway a lot of the committee members. Almost all of them will vote either partisan or how they felt beforehand. Um, but again, great arguments if they're somewhat on the fence could sway them. But the reason we go out and the reason I, being the busiest person in the universe, went out to the state house today for like five hours and testified on a bunch of these bills is number one, it influences them a little bit. Number two, it's on video forever. Number three, it helps that all, everyone else there, the mom's demand action, gun control, communist freaks there, it makes them less likely to stay here and discourages them and makes them want to move back to mass. And it encourages the other few hundred free staters there, encourages them saying, look, there's one more good person who's supporting liberty. So I think there are so many good elements to it that that's why it's worth doing. I know I'm not not under the illusion I'm going to sway every state rep in the world to believe in freedom just because I'm so eloquent and so amazing. I I got to agree. That's that's what I literally told my friend that was here like uh, the day after I testified for the DMT bill is like, Mainly, I just want to be talking to the camera, if nothing else. But the mm-hmm. but the other thing is with like the CACR thirty two. That was a radical type of bill, you know. That was something that would change a lot of stuff. But stuff like just let's not prosecute people for DMT anymore when you already basically don't do it at all. I think that lots of people were on the fence, and it it wasn't something that was like it was going to take years of understanding liberty to change their minds. Like I I think that you can actually make a difference when it's things like that or maybe even gun control the the thing about it is just that like me and ian have to request to go every time and be back at a certain time it's really stressful and i mean like i don't know we've we've gone to plenty of them and now that there's the online testimony it's a little tempting to use that more often yeah and and i do agree you know if you're really passionate about a bill it's i think if there's even a slight chance that going to the state house and testifying could help you know it's definitely worth it um, I, I actually wish I could go to more of these things, but it's just, I'm not very, uh, active in group chats, so I don't always find out when things are happening and it's difficult for me working night shift because I sleep all day and then I, yeah. you know, do think, you know, I have to sleep before I do free talk live or I have to sleep before I go to my other job. So I, I really do wish I had more time to do stuff like that. I certainly don't mean to sound like I'm trying to discourage anyone from doing it. Certainly it's great activism. I'm just saying it's not where I choose to spend my time because I'm not convinced that 
it would do any good for me to be doing it. Yeah. And I think it's important for everyone to not only be following what they like to do, but there's all different kinds of activism. And it's important that, you know, people are doing all different kinds of things. So, you know, if somebody likes to go to the state house and testify and that's really where their energy, where they feel their energy is well spent, they should do that. If somebody wants to host a radio show, they should do that. If somebody wants to post on Twitter or Facebook or go to local soup kitchens, like whatever people like to do, all of those things are very important. And the, the main thing about what I have been complaining about isn't just that people aren't doing the thing I want them to do. Like, I wouldn't call Aria a do-nothing because she doesn't go to testify at Bill's because she does lots of other stuff. There are literally people here who are like, I do nothing and I'm going to just reap the benefits of the New Hampshire becoming the free state one day just by existing. And it's just like you're taking up space. Like, seriously, you're it's it's the same thing as the people who say, I will totally move to New Hampshire once you guys secede. Like, yeah, just it's please kind stay of, away. It's kind of offensive, honestly. It's like we put in all this effort just for you to come here after we secede. You're not even going to help. And I don't want to be like super salty about it, but no, I, I feels, do, because if yeah. they don't want to put in the work, then we don't need them. We, we yeah, don't stay in America. Yeah, we don't you know? need the people here who want who who want to eat the cake but not bake it, right? Yeah, and that's like yeah, our we whole want those thing, who right? Put in work. We want those who are willing to put in effort and get down and and dirty, put in the effort, make sacrifices, and move. And the other well, maybe to an extent, about, but I don't I don't care if they just want to come here and vote for free staters. You know, I would prefer they do more than that. But look, if they're going to come here and vote, I think for, I gotta go. The, if they're going, to, thank you, um, Nikki. Can you go record the? So anyway, if they're going to come here and vote for people who are free staters, for people who are involved in the free state project or people who are libertarians or whatever, then I'm totally okay with that. I don't think they have to be out there doing any sort of activism more than that. But even that is better than these people out there who are like, well, I tell you what, if you manage to break away from the United States, then I'll come. It's like, well, how about you come help us secede from the United States? They're the ones I want. And I don't think I'm alone in this. Uh, thank you so much. I think we lost Alu. Uh, the, the phone. Oh no, was, I'm still okay. here. I, I, I have two more points. Uh, um, just go to testify. The, another big thing is you network. So I met, you know, like a few dozen people I didn't even know before, including a self-defense lawyer who's pro-gun, who's awesome, who's going to help with some bills. That's and great. the other big thing is you can get. So you meet a lot of people at these events, obviously. And uh, Mickey, as far as not knowing this stuff, you have no excuse. All you got to do is read LibertyBlocks.com's every article and listen to all of our podcasts. I know. And it'll be pretty dark. I already um, got scolded then, by Alu for not looking at the uh, document he sent me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, and the other big thing is, it'll give you perfect, like, great video and audio for that you can use for grandstanding and, per- and other purposes for videos. For instance, Ian's done this a lot. He's made amazing video compilations of our testimony on the good bills for um, Odyssey for Freaking.com and stuff. But also, th- there's a guy named I think Mark Robinson is the guy who's currently Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina. Now, North Carolina, I think, elects separately a governor and lieutenant governor. Everyone's Democrat. North Carolina, Democrat governor, I believe, but lieutenant governor is a decent conservative, decently pro-freedom on some issues. And he got famous. The only thing he did in his life to get famous pretty much a few years ago, he made a viral video of him at like a local town committee or something, a tiny thing in a local council or something, okay. maybe state legislature, yelling about gun rights, saying we are, the minor- we are the majority or whatever. And he got famous, viral from that, and then he ran for office and won. So, I mean, that's that's all well and good. He didn't get famous for that. I mean, there's 
thousands of people going viral for this thing, and then they're forgotten about three days later. You remember this guy because he spoke on a subject that you're passionate about, but I've never heard about this guy. I've gone viral running for sheriff. No one remembers that. No one cares anything about that. I'm not famous because of that. This guy isn't famous because of that. Famous isn't they had a moment in the sun. Yeah, but who cares about being famous? I think it's more important to influence people. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that that's the reason that this guy won or did anything great. I mean, I'm cool. I'm glad he did had this awesome speech and that it was pro gun rights and you know all of that stuff. But that isn't necessary, right? I I think just activism, just getting out there and doing something that's pro liberty is way more important than trying to catch a moment of the sun and then running for office. Yeah, but what I mean, if running for office, let's say Bonnie runs for governor in 15 years. She's going to have to pay a certain amount, let's say $17 per person as far as overall name recognition and for votes. But if she can get, with a great speech in the state house that she gave on the drugs, if she can get free name recognition or free 200,000 voters in New Hampshire to know her name and face and everything, that's, that's a win. Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm going with that. I mean, you're absolutely right. And thank you so oh, wait, much for the before call. Before you, to- like, Alu, go. Alu, I really want you to add me to your slacktivism group chat. Because I would oh, love to have like, more slacktivism. No, no, you never yeah. added me. He has a, a great idea. I'll add you right now. He made a, a Telegram group called Slacktivism that sends out, like, anytime there's an easy thing to do, like, all you have to do is take 10 minutes and do this thing, he'll send it out, and I would love to be a part of that. Well, thank you so much, Alu, for the call tonight. And, I mean, I, I would absolutely love to see Bonnie running for governor in, you know, 10 or 15 years or whatever. I mean, who knows what the future actually holds? I, I can't even get past, you know, my... Uh, there's nothing but shadows in front of me for five weeks out from now. God only knows yeah, where I'll be in five weeks. A bunch so. of bull crap just happened. Yeah, let's... So, I mean, I was excited. I was really excited because the cops were coming to issue me, to serve me. And I was really excited because I was going to be able to challenge a ticket for the first time. I but haven't talked about it on air yet. super boring, isn't it? Well, I'm really excited to do it. It's boring to like 99.9% of the population. But guess what? It's going to be on March 14th. Oh, no oh, way. I, I'm sure that was an accident. I wondered about that. I don't know. I, I don't see any reason that they would do that on purpose, but that really uh, pisses me I off. do. I yeah, would that not is, put it not past the feds, them. Well, we have to explain. For those who don't know, March the 14th is literally the day of my sentencing. Mm-hmm. That is the day where I'm going to be sentenced as one of the co-defendants in the, in the same case where... Bonnie's boyfriend and the person who owns the studio that we're in is was found guilty on March the 14th. Well, he's my husband. Yes. Oh, but sorry. I always say the same right. thing. On March the too. 14th, I'm being sentenced. I have a federal hearing on that exact day. And Bonnie, you requested a court date on this parking thing. It must appear at 8 a.m. Is there a way to reschedule that's it? The, that's the thing. I'm going to try to uh I think you can this. because I've had to reschedule um like tickets before. Yeah, I'm getting a heart transplant so. that day. Yeah, I I don't know how Maybe it's coincidental, but man, what that doesn't seem very likely. I don't believe in coincidence, so. I don't know that I do in this in this regard, certainly. That's it's a bit on the nose for the city of Keene, but I mean, I would not put it past And they were them. pissed today. They were all like you know, at first she starts off, I'm sorry, they as in the people at the window for the parking, whatever they We're call at the themselves. City Hall? Yeah, at City Hall, they have a parking window. You go up and you're like, hello, I got this ticket on my car. I would like to challenge it. And she was like, okay, I need this and this. And she was like, really giving me the runaround because the car isn't under Bonnie Freeman. It's under the Shire Free Church. Right. 
and Ian was there filming, and she was like slowly getting more and more irritated. She's like said to Ian, "Okay, please don't film my desk." And it was just like he just continued filming. She was like, Ugh, "Whatever." It, it's just like he has the right to film whatever he wants. Yeah, it's a public yeah. building. It's whatever he can literally see. He's allowed to film. It's she knows public. this, and she knows this. I mean, she knows who he is. She never asked his name. It was talking about him saying he the whole time. And then they tried to issue it to Ian, and I was like, "No, no, it's." I, I can't, can't believe they were this. going to issue. This. I can't believe they were going to issue it. They did last time for me as well. So maybe they, it's time they need to relearn that you know. Yep, they dropped it stubborn. for Ian. Yeah, they dropped it for Ian um, right before the raid. He challenged the ticket. They ended up dropping it, but whatever. They uh, usually I'll try to do. Get it continued, but I'm still excited to be yeah. uh, challenging my first ticket. But it's just that Ian obviously You've never has gotten to go. a ticket before. Um, I've got a ticket in San Antonio, but it didn't even cross my mind to challenge it. I never yeah. even thought of of that concept really. I think usually traffic violations are pretty, pretty good. I mean, they're, they're easier to challenge. I mean, yeah. that, that that's where you want to play, quotation marks, play with the court system, right? You don't want to do it while you're on federal trial or whatever. No, but definitely like, not. Parking ticket trial? Yeah, sure. Try that sovereign citizen stuff. Why not? What yeah. do you got to lose, right? right. $5? I don't even do that. I'm just like, hey, I'm here and I'm not going to pay this. And they're like, okay, cool, whatever. See ya. More often than not, that does seem to be the case. But, you know, if they do find you, then you have to pay it. I challenged one of my tickets, but I ended up just pleading guilty the day of the trial because I had other things that I had to go and take care of. And I didn't want to sit there all day and I wasn't feeling well. There were all, I was, That's the worst part about it is being trapped there all day. Yeah. And I had just started chanting. So I was nauseated mm-hmm. and was quitting mm-hmm. smoking. And it was just, it was not a good time. I was like, I, I can't do this here. Here's your $10. Leave me the hell alone. I'm it's going 15 home. now. Inflation. Well, it was 10 then. Yeah, I know. I'm just complaining. And it, it maybe it was 15 then as well. I don't remember because the, the way it increments, it starts out at 10 or 15 and then it goes up to 30 and then it maxes out at $60 after a certain number of days, right? I don't remember, but yeah, all we need is more people challenging their parking tickets. It's really simple. If even one in 10 people challenged their parking tickets, it wouldn't be cost efficient for them to carry on this nonsense. I, had, I mean, they're still going to do it. I had a friend who... Well, they wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't be able to afford it. They'd have to increase the parking ticket fine to $100 a ticket in order to pay yeah. for the court I costs. wouldn't put it past the state to do that. People would revolt. If you gave them a parking ticket, it was like, would this they? ticket's $100. People in Keene would. I well, mean, yeah, we but, would, but I don't think that your typical normie statist would. I, I don't know. I think that that might make it pretty obvious, like, what's going on. Because, like, my friend today told me he got a ticket, but he did, He was going to challenge it, but he didn't because it was just $7. So he just paid the $7. And I'm not right. um, saying he did anything wrong. Like, you know, fair enough. But if it was $100, they might be like, holy crap, for parking? You know? That's why they want to keep it low. But if you request a trial, that gets expensive, and they start having to raise the increase. If they start having to raise the ticket price. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. Talk live, and you can join us. Us is Nikki, Aria, and Bonnie. 603-283-6160. If you would like to weigh in on whatever's important to you, you can change the subject. You've been talking about what we've been discussing or whatever. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, we're going to talk about... I like bring up the subject of religion, mm-hmm. and it's just fascinating to me. We're going to talk about the Church of England... 
combines two of these subjects that I, one of them I like talking about, the other I don't. I don't like talking about transgenderism or non-binaryism or any of this other crap. Because to me, it's just like, it's like talking about just something that I exist with every day. It's not worth talking about to me. I realize other people may find it fascinating, but I don't. But anyway, the Church of England, considering using gender-neutral terms for God, also... A bill in, I think it was Pennsylvania, brought by Democrats, wants to ban the phrase Latinx, which is this apparently leftist way of replacing Latina and Latino. Yeah, it's cringy. With a genderless term. I didn't realize that's what it was about. Mm -hmm. I I, I never really gave any thought to what Latinx was used for. Yeah, it's some weird uh, woke crap, and it's actually really offensive to a lot of Latino people. Like, they're really... They, and they're doing it with everything, you know, and it's it's been offensive to a lot of people. I just think who asked for it, because I've never met a white Hispanic people. person who's ever used that term ever. It, like like usual, it was white people. Not surprising to hear it. And we're going to get into that. But first, let's go to the ones we have Chuck on the line from Washington. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, Um I think lastly, thank you for bringing this up again. And I really appreciate the conversation that is focused every Wednesday and uh, um, the thoughtful consideration of of different religions and uh, spiritual thoughts and uh, so on and so forth. Thank you. So yeah, absolutely. This is this is an example of um, a religion. Okay, it's not spiritual. There's no spiritual. Uh, elements going on here. It's it's a battle of re- religion because it has to do with with uh, the whole theater of the public domain and uh, people getting what is at, what's that? What is well the 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 whole idea of calling God a, a, a girl? You know that's something that each one of us are it individually are going to have to go through when we're about ready to die and, and, and reconcile ourselves. And that's where it, the important thing is, I think, with everybody. It's a, it's a spiritual thing. And what you're talking about here is, is some hootie-hoo that has a lot of uh, you know, political power here talking about religion and the public sector and causing a ruckus and uh, just trying to get a newspaper article that really doesn't have anything to do with spirituality at all. I mean, it. This possibly is a result of some like woke people doing things, but I think it's pretty obvious that God wouldn't have a gender. To even think that God has a gender is absolutely ridiculous. It's a little weird coming from a Christian church, considering the fact that they call God a Father <laughs> yeah. and a Son. It seems yeah. like that's pretty, you know, it set in stone for their religion. So it's weird to be changing it in twenty twenty three. And I could see why some Christians would be like, that's not what we believe, because it's not what they believe. It's just I, that to an obvi- obviously God would, if God existed, it wouldn't be a boy or a girl. It would be beyond that, be like everything and nothing. I mean, I also think it's ridiculous to believe in most of the things that Christians believe in. So maybe that's why I have that belief. But I can't see where you're coming from, Bonnie, as a if somebody was a Christian, that's their whole thing is that God is a man. So it would kind of be a turn off to them. Yeah, thank you so much for the call tonight, Chuck. Well, I was saving it for later, but I mean, I, 
Let, let's go ahead and save it for later because I want to get back into this judge from Las Vegas. Before we were talking about that, and again, thank you for the call tonight, Chuck. That is coming up, this whole genderless God thing. But first, we're talking about this judge in Las Vegas who has killed herself after being facing after facing an ethics investigation following her allegation that this clothing store was prostituting out its employees. And um, it the- would re- recruit young girls from there. So to me, it seems possible that like it doesn't explicitly say what she thought, but it seems to me that she thought her daughter had gotten, you know, proposed, hey, you want to do this? But not necessarily that, like, actually, if you go into the clothing store, you just have sex with the employees. You know, I, I don't think it was something like that. It was more like they were rec- they were it says they would use it to recruit. I mean, young girls. like prostitution and sex trafficking are two completely different things. You know yes. what I mean? That's a good point. Because, like, sex trafficking, I, the, my, what I think about sex trafficking, it usually appears to be against people's will. And it's involuntary. It's sex slavery. Yeah, yeah, they're being held hostage. Right. That's generally what trafficking is, as I understand it. I mean, we butcher the word in the United States. We talk about human trafficking and stuff like that. But a lot of times when they talk about human trafficking, what they mean is human smuggling. I and mean, that's just, what I would think. Yeah, and it's just bringing people over here who want to be here. Which is fine. Well, yeah, so that's not, to me, that's not human trafficking. No, human trafficking would be, hey, you know, your wife wants to travel to the United States, so we're going to bring her there, but she's going to have to be our indentured servant for the next seven years. And if we decide that, you know, we want to enslave her and make her a sex slave, then that's what we'll do. These yeah. things that you hear about, like, on in underground markets, that would be human trafficking. But in and of itself, smuggling someone over here or prostitution, as you mentioned, prostitution is legal in many places in I Nevada. Mean, and it's, that's what I was going to say is so weird about this. It's like, I know that it's not legal in Clark County, which is Las Vegas, but it is legal in other counties. Why would anybody be running an uh, illegal, underground, convoluted prostitution ring in a clothing store as with a clothing store as a front when they could just move up a county and just own a brothel? Because Las Vegas has all the tourism. Mm, that's a good point. And if you're and if you have to do it illegally, this is the, one of the problems with illegal right. prostitution. If you're already breaking the law by having a prostitution ring, yeah, why not have slaves too? Well, why not have sixteen year olds? Yeah, that, that way you're guaranteed to get you know the perverts. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Well, this judge, she believed that her daughter was had, had okay. Her daughter did join top notch as um, a job. You know, she was a sixteen year old working in a clothing store, and, and this judge believed that they were using that as a front to recruit teenage girls. So in an act she believed would protect her daughter, which I don't know why, just like quitting didn't protect her, Andres Tobiasen reached out to the local law enforcement to warn them about the store owner at the time, but she claimed she received no action. Wait, did her daughter in fact quit? It doesn't even say. Okay. I wish there was more information on that specific part of this. Yeah, what what media outlet covered this? Uh, Gateway Pundit. And I think I've heard bad things about them before and their like little tagline underneath is kind of uh, confusing or, you know, like gives me a hint that they might be right wingy. It says we report the truth and leave the Russian collusion fairy tale to the conspiracy media. What? <laughs> They're definitely right wing. What a strange so. thing to say. It really is. As their like number one tagline that like, yeah, goes out of, with their name. Out of anything they could have said, that's yeah. Okay. 
But still, investigative journalism, it it doesn't even require some real investigation to ask some of these questions that they should have asked, right? They're the ones who ran this story. Why didn't they ask whether or not this girl quit her job? You know that, I mean, the lady's dead now. For all we know, like all that stuff got covered up. Right. I mean, I don't think it would be that hard to find out, though, some of those details, right? Well, we do know that after the the local cops wouldn't act, it led Andres Tobiasen, which they keep spelling her name differently every time I read this, by the way. Like, so this is a really crappy article. Anyways, it led her to reach out to federal investigators, which resulted in Nevada's Judicial Discipline Commission to launch an investigation into her, Andreas Tobiasen, for breaching judicial rules, which is so weird. It's like, I didn't know you couldn't be a judge and reach out to the FBI. Like, it seems like if the FBI wants... It would be interested in a thing. It wouldn't matter who it came from. It seems more like to me that they used something, anything they could use to to go against her to stop her. I mean, it also could have been the manner in which she did it. Like maybe she used her position as a judge to contact someone in the FBI Mm. that, you know, normally she would be adjudicating with this person. But now she's like, hey, also, I need you to do me a favor. That would Mm. be improperly using her connections as a Mm -hmm. judge. Right. Right. So maybe she did something like that says the New York Post reported more details regarding the probe. Andreas Tobiasen said she had to go to the FBI with the information after being ignored by local police, police, which resulted in officers investigating her for allegedly breaching judicial rules by making an allegation to federal agents. See, it doesn't really explain it, but I think you're, what you're saying is probably probably the case. It does seem like there wouldn't be anything against the rules for a judge to go, oh, hey, FBI, I have a tip for you. It says that a complaint filed against Andreas Tobiasen alleged that she failed to comply with and uphold the law and allowed family interests and relations to influence her conduct, the Daily Mail reported. Valentine, the man behind the store Andreas Tobiasen believed was a prostitution ring, was later convicted of a burglary charge and would be a person of interest in a double homicide. And that's all. Hmm. But no charges about running a sex ring or whatever? Nope. It sounds unlikely. Um, I, I don't know the specifics here, and I really wish Gateway Pundit had told us more about it. When you said that's all, that's the end of the article? That's the end of the article. They just wow. sort of end it right there? Yeah, I kind so of many... think I just chose the one I was on last or something, because I, I remember more details. Yeah. I wish they had gone into more of those details, but I guess it frees us up to talk about this genderless God thing that you know we almost got into. It's a messed up situation, man. I wish I knew. I wish I had any of these answers, but the Gateway Pundit just... I know from the other ones I read, she said she was quitting because of the ethics investigation probe. I mean, that doesn't make you look good. No, it doesn't. Yeah, she first resigned. At the same time, the people who do the ethics investigation probes, they're probably not exactly, you know, like squeaky clean. So she might just know from, you know, experience that they're going to come against her with you know, a bunch of crap, like, oh, look, we found porn on your uh, computers as well. Or, or who knows? She could have been threatened yeah. to quit. And then yeah. she shot herself in the face a year later. Was that where she shot herself in the face? Oh, I, I don't know. I didn't, okay. I don't know for sure, but with a gunshot. Well, she definitely shot herself. Well, I was about to say in the face, then she definitely didn't kill herself because that is impossible pretty much. You can't <laughs> hold the gun unusual. like this and pull the trigger. It's pretty difficult to do. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, maybe not impossible, but shooting a person who wanted to kill themselves, I don't believe. I don't know why I brought it to the face. Right. I don't know. Fair enough. In in the head region, somewhere around there. (laughs) So 
the Church of England, as we were going to get into, wants to consider the use of gender-neutral terms for God. The Church of England is considering whether to stop referring to God as he after priests asked to be allowed to use gender-neutral terms instead. So the priests within the Church of England evidently are asking for this. The church said it would launch a new commission on the matter in the spring. Any potential alterations, which would mark a departure from traditional teachings dating back millennia, would have to be approved by the synod, the church's decision-making body. And I don't know that I, I assume the Church of England and the Roman Catholic Church are, there's a schism there for a reason. I don't remember all the specifics. I didn't know that they maintained their own separate branch because they are effectively Catholics, if I remember correctly. I don't know but anything not... about the Church of England. I mean, I don't know very much about Catholicism, but the Synod thing, I've never even heard that word. Yeah, I, I may have been pronouncing it incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure the Church of England is Catholic. They're just not part of the Roman Catholic Church. But I'm not 100% sure. The uh, RT, I don't even know what that stands for. The RT... Reverend, I know what REV stands for, that's Reverend, but what does RT stand for? The, the, anyway, the Reverend Dr. Michael Ipgrove, Bishop of Litchfield and Vice Chair of the Liturgical Commission responsible for the matter, wow, he must feel important, <laughs> said the church had been, quote, exploring the use of gender language in relation to God for several years. So this is something they've already been thinking about, already been kicking around, and now some of their priests are like, hey, Look, we want to call God Zay or whatever instead of he. After some dialogue between the two commissions in this area, a new joint project on gendered language will begin this spring. In common with other potential changes to authorized liturgical provision, good Lord, why, ugh, I hate these people. The bishop's comments come in response to a question asked by the Reverend Joanna Staubert. Interesting. Joanna is definitely a girl's name. Some the Church of England seems to allow female bishops. Hmm. I wonder if this results in them having more or less child rape than the Roman Catholic Church because the Roman Church has a ton of it. Oh, they don't allow females. Well, they they the Roman the Roman Catholic, Catholic. Church does not allow uh, women priests. Hmm. They they can become nuns, hmm. but they can't become priests or bishops or reverends or whatever. But she's definitely a reverend. Or it's a dude named Joanna, which I guess is possible. It's unclear what would replace the term Our Father in the Lord's Prayer. As you mentioned, Bonnie, now, there's a lot of gendered language in Christianity about God. And it's very... It just seems like, why not break off and create a new religion? Like, I'm not... It's just strange to me. Like, why does it have to be done? Like, these ancient texts said a thing, but we don't like that. Yeah, you think they would... Because there's so many different sects of uh, Christianity. Yeah, just make a new you one. Think, yeah, that you, like, just branch off if you want to do this woke stuff because you know this is going to piss a bunch of people off well they that's effectively what they're doing right is making their own branch of christianity i mean they're changing the, i don't even i can't even say for sure that but, they're changing the canon of christianity because i can't read the aramaic or the hebrew to say yeah. definitively whether or not God was even exactly. characterized as a male in these texts in the first place. Well, and I, I guess the Church of England kind of is its own branch of Christianity, right? As I understand it, they are. Yeah, so I guess, you know, if people don't like it, they can just become the, Catholic or something. Or they can form their own 
unique branch of Christianity. But ultimately, these presumably are the people who determine what the Church of England believes. I was going to say, and the thing is, it's kind of on them for being in a sect of Christianity that post, you know, Martin Luther, they still decided they're going to stick with the people who tell them what the Bible says instead of the ones that, oh, you get to read it yourself. So the Lord's Prayer is the central Christian prayer that Jesus is said to have instructed his followers to say together down the generations. What the hell did they get that? Jesus isn't mentioned in the Lord's Prayer. Wait, what? It, the, the, according to these people, the the Lord's Prayer is the central Christian prayer that Jesus instructed his followers to say together. No, he did. He said, don't pray like this, pray like this. And then he said the the Lord's Prayer on the Mount of Olives. Okay, I stand correct. I thought the Lord's Prayer came from the Old Testament. Nope. Okay, never mind then. Okay, my criticism is withdrawn. Conservative critics have hit back at the possibility of changes with the Reverend Dr. Ian Paul. Is it really necessary to call these people both doctor and reverend? I mean, is, <laughs> right, is, so you have captain, yeah, doctor, reverend. Yeah, is Lord. it one or the other enough? Right. Anyway, Dr. Ian Paul told the Telegraph that they would represent an abandonment of the church's own doctrine. He said, the fact that God is called father can't be substituted by mother without changing the meaning. Nor can it be gender neutralized to parent without loss of meaning. So maybe that's what they're suggesting instead of our father I mean, who aren't well, in heaven, our parent. I mean, and that's so true because they're doing the same thing to women where they're like, no, you know, just because there's a small percentage of men giving birth, which whatever. Yeah, that's that's fine that they're doing that. I don't care about that. The fact is that they're trying to take away the word mother and replace it with birthing person and person with a you know whatever and breastfeeding individual or chest feeding sorry it's it's this woke nonsense that is diluting meaning because yes if you're a christian it's father i'm that's that's what it is that's what they believe in whatever we don't have to go even though i believe that god it's not to me my belief is it's completely ridiculous to assign god a gender okay got it I'm not Christian, though. So to these Christian people, it seems like it's really diluting meanings and watering things down, just like it's doing to women, where when they're, you know, going through this expansive experience of pregnancy and childbirth, we're going to take away, oh, you're not a mother, you're a birthing person now, and just dilute the meaning of these words. I mean, you're absolutely right, because these are fundamentally different things in the first place. Like, you don't have to give birth in order to be a woman. You don't have to be pregnant to be be a woman. Being a woman and being a mother is such, you know, these, there's just so much that it contains that yeah. you can't water it down by calling it. And it's just straight up offensive. You know, if somebody's non-binary or trans and they're like, you know what? I feel more comfortable with being called a birthing person. Or can you please refer to this as chest feeding? To me, like, cool. If uh, out of respect for this person. Yeah, is it if, chest if, feeding instead of breastfeeding? Yeah. But it because is they're a man. Even though it's still a breast, it just makes them uncomfortable. So whatever. If somebody wants me to use those terms for their specific care... I totally would, but don't dilute the entirety of all of the mothers and all of the women. Just by know. acting like the word mother is offensive. That's yeah, how, like that's it's not offensive. You said it perfectly. I think that's exactly how I feel about this story. It's just like, create your own religion where you're basically everything Christianity except mid, you know, you, you only use the word person instead of father. That's fine. Who cares? But like, if you're trying to force these people who 
believe a certain thing not to because it's offensive to you now. You're just top down saying, nope, that's offensive. We won't use the word father. That's the thing I have a problem with. See, this is where I disconnect from a lot of trans people because you mentioned this. You, you paint this idea of this uh, female to male trans person who mm-hmm. has given birth and now they're breastfeeding, right? And they're upset, presumably, because they're they don't want to be called breastfeeding, it's even though men can get feeding, breast right? cancer. Well, so th- everyone th- has a breast, technically. Th- I mean, that aside, right? It's like it's not the use of the word breast that is triggering their dysphoria or anything like that. It's the mammary gr- glands and the fact that they are breastfeeding. A human being, which a biological male cannot do. So if their source of their gender identity disorder is all of these things that mark them as feminine, which is what, you know, trans people tend to suggest is the source of their gender identity dysphoria, then it's just like the male to female trans person who isn't shaving their beard. It's like, well, it's not me calling you he that's bothering you. It's the, it's the beard on your face. Well, it's, just, it's not the word chest, breast that's bothering them. It's the fact that they are breastfeeding. Yeah, so I kind of but wonder- what made them go ahead with having a baby? You know, well, I mean- the thing is, so, you know, like couples say if it's a, you know, a trans couple and it's one of them's male to female, one of them's female to male, you know, if they want to have their own biological child, someone's going to have to carry it yeah. and it's going to be easier for the person with the uterus to carry I, it, I just even though that's the father. I, I understand. And I, I would be totally respectful to anybody that was in that situation that want to be called whatever. But I can't understand. I can't wrap my head around we can't just adopt. We have to have our biological baby. It's and that's little, what's yeah. weird to me. Like, no, and I and I do feel that that. And, you know, there's so many things. It is extremely hard to adopt a child. And in today's world, you know, they're still calling people, you know, mentally unstable for being trans or, you know, in a yeah. lot of places. So mm-hmm. it would be extremely hard. And you have to have the money. There's There's so many things. So I do kind of get it. But my big question is with the whole chest feeding thing, if referring to it as a breast is causing dysphoria, how does the act of breastfeeding not cause like well, you know, exactly you're it. lactating and that's you're exactly feeding the point a that child? I was making. Yeah, like how is so this name for it causes dysphoria, but you can literally feed a child and be lactating and that's not dysphoria and and be pregnant and give birth yeah the name isn't what's causing it just like you know me calling this person with a beard he isn't causing their dysphoria if they want to get rid of their dysphoria they want to actually improve themselves and, and get better damn it the point of transitioning is to get better not to whine about how miserable you are yeah. if you want to actually get better stop the breastfeeding shave the damn beard yeah. Do something to actually identify as the gender that you feel you are. Then and you'll get better. That's why I think that it's just so strange that, I mean, I it's just it's just an opinion. But, I mean, it's an uninformed opinion since I'm not in these people's positions. But I just can't wrap my mind around wanting to be neither gender. It just seems like you just w- want that. You know, it's not something that, like, I don't know. So, you know what my big thing is? I'm not super wrapped up into... So the big thing about gender, right, is like the gender norms or how you present, right? So if you want to be a female and you want your gender to be female, you're going to start doing things like having long hair, you know, like things that make you appear as a woman. Right. So it's like the difference between gender and sex. So you can be a woman and ride motocross and do these manly things. You're allowed to do that. So I think that's where non-binary people are getting upset 
because they don't want to conform to gender norms, but they don't have to. There's a lot to talk about on this exact subject, uh, so stay tuned for that because it's really fascinating. I had never considered some of this until I read the book Nevada, but you make really good points. There's more coming up. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. The 603-283-6160. We're in the studio tonight. It's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And I want to say thank you to Michael Poliquin. That's tonight's amplifier. As you may have noticed or may not have noticed, uh, we're not really doing much advertising these days. I mean, we're advertising the show and things that the show is up to, but we're not telling you about My Magic Mud. I mean, obviously, we have commercial breaks. We don't have any control about over that. Like, we're on terrestrial radio, and that means there are going to be commercial breaks, right? That's just how the game is played. Just like how if we if we had a TV show, there would be commercial breaks during the TV show that we have absolutely no control over. However, we're not coming back telling you about My Magic Mud or Bitcoin.com or anything else. We're just going into the show. So the AMPS program is how we're supporting the show these days. AMPS.freetalklive.com. That's our Patreon. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you value the show... You might consider joining the AMPS program. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It only costs five bucks per month. That gets you in. And you do get the podcast. You do get an AMP-only version of the podcast. There's also some ideas for for special features for the amplifiers, right? And we're always kicking around these things. We None of them have come to fruition yet, but there, there's all sorts of ideas that we can do and that we want to do and that we are going to do for the amplifiers. It's just a matter of Having, we don't want to advertise it as a reason for people to join the AMPS program, and we want it to be good content, and we're also all here doing the show, so obviously we don't want to just, like it would be stupid to take one of our TikTok videos and put it on the AMPS program on Patreon, because like you could just watch the show on TikTok, and it wouldn't be any different, right? You could just watch it. So that wouldn't be unique. It has to be unique, which means we have to actually go out there and create something. And as you may have, not, as you may have noticed, we tend to be kind of busy. But there is stuff like that that we've been kicking around, that we've been coming up with. And there's all sorts of ideas we're constantly thinking. The AMPS program is the best way you can show your support. In the meantime, we're just here doing a radio show and a podcast and a video show. AMPS.freetalklive.com. Thank you so much, Michael, for your contributions and this is just, we're talking about gender and God here. Gender is not one of my favorite subjects um, by any means whatsoever, because as I pointed out that the, the subject of transgenderism and what is male, what is female, it may be interesting to a lot of people, but to me, it's just, it's my life, right? I, I, I don't find it particularly interesting. I could have used this conversation six years ago mm-hmm. when I first began transitioning and you probably couldn't have gotten me to shut up about it back then. I, I don't I don't remember. But now it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm trans and that's just the way it's been. And that's kind of how talk I about feel it. about being a woman, though, because I know there's a lot of like women only festivals and and stuff like that. And I do I appreciate like creating a space for women. And I do, you know, I'm very proud of being a woman. Like I'm, you know, obviously like studying midwifery and all of these womanly things. So it's, it's a life that I'm very deeply immersed in, you know, it's who I am, 
but I the like the exclusionary aspect of a lot of these like women only spaces or women only festivals to be completely honest I don't really want to be in a woman only space I have a lot of male friends I like I like spending time with my partner and a lot of my you know I want to spend time with my male friends so it's like a little weird and then a lot of those women only spaces like one of the festivals I was thinking about going to it was um a free birth society festival. So, you know, they're very into obviously, you know, like not medical childbirth for lack of a better word, you know, stuff like that. But they're really into like womanhood. And it was a little off putting to me. I was like, I would love to go to this festival, but just the fact that they were excluding men and they were super transphobic. And that was really what put me over the edge where I was like, I honestly can't even associate with these people anymore because they're so... Wait, you went to it? No, I wouldn't because oh. they were like super transphobic and I didn't really want, you know, I'm like, right. I don't want to be in a woman only space. You know, like I appreciate like maybe a, a new moon's woman's circle or something like that. But I was going to mention that. I was like, yeah. that wasn't cringy. She did it nicely. And no. she said she's even open to opening it up to other and people. And she has, yeah, you know, like one of our friends that is... Um, Sorry, yeah, we didn't explain in the, what we're in talking the, about community she holds women's circles but now she also holds like in the liberty community yeah, okay yeah. and she does hold like um circles that are open to men and women so she's kind of opened it up too but you know i think like a one night thing like woman only circle that's cool because it is nice to have a woman only space every once in a while sure but i don't want to go to a whole festival where there are just chicks i don't know why it is i've just been checked out from that basically like my whole life like i've never wanted to be in a sport i never wanted to be hanging out with only women doing like all right we're the ladies badgers or whatever yeah, no, team just, i've even the sports i did like dancing there there are men that dance you know it's just i don't like the the ex, like the exclusive right nature of it it's just off-putting to me but i don't i'm also not like a woman hater like ian for some reason thinks that all women just hate other women like I don't know why Ian has that idea, but it, it, there are lots of women like that, mm-hmm. but I've I've never been like that. But for whatever reason, I did always have, I don't know, I always had a lot of male friends, gay or straight, but then I also ha- always had lots of female friends and Ian just seems to forget that. Yeah, I mean, people are different, certainly. And I, I certainly don't like the exclusionary aspects of certain things as well. I, I prefer a more inclusive thing. Obviously, if you're if you're too inclusive, then you're... Then, then that's bad, I, w- I would argue. But I don't think, like, gender should be the factor that we're excluding people based off of, you know? Like, if like I like things that are a little bit more tailored, so, like, this kind of, you know, like, this specific kind of music, or, you know, I like, I like yeah. tailored groups where it's, like... It says more about you, like, what kind of music you like than yeah, what exactly. gender you were born No, with. absolutely. You know, and it's, like, if, if we're going to exclude people, and I don't even like using the word exclude, but, like, if we're going to have, like... Uh, a speci- like a specified group. I don't want to be excluding people about like based on their gender. Like there are so many more important things yeah, about fair. a person than their gender. We mentioned before we went to the break though the whole gender queer thing. Oh, that's the terminology. The non-binary. These people who they like you mentioned uh, the feminists who wanted to ride motocross or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and all of that is fine and it works just fine. And I, we may have actually talked about this last week because I seem to remember discussing this, but you can't really do that as a trans person. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we already, I don't want to rehash the conversation then because now that I'm thinking back to it, we did in fact get into it last yeah. week. Whereas like, 
as much as I may like kickboxing, and I did, I loved kickboxing through most of my life. I knew how to kickbox and still probably do, even though I haven't done it in 20-ish years. I it, it wouldn't be feminine of me to be a kickboxer. And part of the thing about being trans is that I, I do have to box myself in to those gender roles to some degree. Yeah. And I think the conversation we were having before we went to break was more on like gender neutral people because I think and I and I hate to generalize, but it seems like a lot of the non-binary people are just people that want to explore norms from both genders. Here's the thing, like, you know, I think that gender is a spectrum from masculine to female. Like you can be more of one or the other. It doesn't matter what your genitals are. And also you can just feel like that you don't you don't match any of that, like being without a gender that's something i can understand what i can't understand is my gender is pixie no that's not that's a different category yeah, yeah, it's like a, a different whole topic. different thing exactly so like that gets confusing it's not just confusing but i think it's bs it, it is honestly people just trying to be special and i really hate people just trying to be special yeah and, and I, I totally agree with that and i think like there i've seen this like me, a lot of men do this where or i guess they're non-binary so whatever they want to call themselves but they'll have a beard but they like to wear makeup that's just being a man that wants to explore other things. I, I don't know. Like, I think men can wear dresses and wear makeup and that's cool. You don't have to be like, well, I'm non-binary now. And then being trans is a completely different thing. So it it just gets really muddy and confusing. And I think people should just be able to... I, they should just be able to explore. Like, I'm a girl and I, you know, I'm a woman, but I like to do things that are typically for men. Like, I like to ride dirt bikes and I do my own work on my car and, you know, yeah. other things. I, I feel like I get, you know, not necessarily excluded, but just naturally pushed out of like feminine spaces all the time just for the fact that it becomes a mom space. It's like, go make your own mom chat. Like, I don't want to be in a mom chat. And also, like, making it seem like being a parent is a feminine thing, it just makes it to where that's the reason that there aren't, like, men with their own little men parenting chats. There there should be. There could be. But why is it a female thing? This is the women's chat. Make your own mom chat. In my experience with uh, NBs, that's non-binary people. NBs is just a way of calling them. I it's just a shorter... realized that that's NB. I always thought you were saying E-N-B-Y. Uh, no, it's E-N-B. Oh. Well, E-N-B-Y is the singular term, oh. N-B. But it's because of N and B, non-binary? It, it's an abbreviation for the letter N and the letter B. It's just yeah. a way of saying it out loud, N-B. And hmm. then it just becomes N-Bs, right? Hmm. But in my experience, in almost all of the N-Bs that I know, and maybe they consider that a slur, I don't know. that No one's ever said, don't call us N-Bs. Most of them seem to call themselves N-Bs. They're straight, but they just don't want to call themselves straight, right? Like, I, I know this um, this non-binary person who is a girl, and it's obviously it's non-binary, so she's not a girl, but for all intents and purposes parts. of, yes, has girl parts and doesn't look unfeminine, like, just looks totally normal feminine, and I'm not saying what she is or isn't, but, like, she also dates guys, but she doesn't want to call herself straight, right? Because being... They being, don't want to be cis, you know, like you don't want to yeah. be a cis straight person. Being, and that's, that's, kind of, that's not cool, being a straight cis person. Yeah. So instead, she's a non-binary genderqueer person in this yeah. 
pansexual relationship. But it's like, okay, I mean, you can complicate it to that degree if you want, but like, you're just, it's just at a the end straight of the day, relationship. You're straight. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think from what I've seen from like a medical provider perspective, like working in psych, a lot of it is just attention seeking behavior. And I'm not trying to say that everyone who is non binary or whatever is attention seeking, but I have seen especially a lot of younger folks like young adults and teenagers who that's kind of like their version of a cry for help like they their their parents neglected them or like they need attention in some way so in order for them to get the attention that they didn't receive as a child or as a teenager they have to kind of create these these other ways for them to seek attention and that's tragic, right? It is. And it, I'm not saying that everyone is like that. Right. Absolutely not. But I have seen a lot of that. Yeah. And I'm obviously not saying that every envy out there is, you know, just trying to escape from being cis, right? Some of them are legitimately, I, I don't understand being an envy because I, I just, I don't understand it, right? But to them, they, they take characteristics from both male and female and that, that's fine, whatever. I'm, I'm not even sure a word is even necessary for that, like... If you're a girl who has short hair and you like motorbikes or whatever, mm-hmm. what what is it about that? Nothing about that makes you envy. You're just a girl with short hair who likes yeah. motorbikes. And when when I was like in middle school and stuff, there's plenty of girls like that. Like it's so funny. I was thinking about this today because I saw a girl walking down the street with short hair that reminded me of a friend I had. I guess I was like a in a freshman in high school, and I just always thought of her as like such a tomboy. But she was so she was completely straight. It wasn't it, nowadays. I was just thinking nowadays she probably would have been like, "I'm non-binary. I'm a demi girl well, or thing. whatever." So those people used to be tomboys. I mean, it didn't have to be. They did, they didn't have to call themselves that. I don't remember her ever calling herself that. She was just into like well, that was going just out like to the, the desert. term for it, right? Like a, a woman that kind of likes masculine things or like that sporty girl in high school. Like they're just tomboys. That's like the term for it. I don't know if that's offensive now, but that's what we used to call it. Like 10 years ago. There has to be more than being non-binary, though, right? Like, isn't it? Because I don't know. I'm not non-binary. And of all of the non-binary people I know, none of them are really willing to have a conversation with me about it. Except the one that I would not have a conversation with about it because it would be awkward and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to tiptoe around every word that I use for the risk of, you know, offending someone, which is not how I want to have a conversation. But... I don't understand, like we said, being a tomboy, there's there's nothing in non-binary about that. It's just yeah. a girl who likes boy stuff, and that's totally fine. That doesn't, what is it a, what is it that makes them non-binary? Other than, obviously, the declaration of the hate, or I don't feel feminine, or I feel non-binary, or all of that's completely valid. I just don't understand where the threshold is or what makes a person non-binary besides the proclamation that they're non-binary. So what I, what's happening here is so many people are using this term. seems like everyone's non-binary nowadays, right? Especially like Gen Z. So I'm sure there are some people who are legit non-binary, but the term is being overused to the point where it has lost its meaning. And now it is so muddy that even us, who we seem to be pretty open-minded people... It's hard to grasp and understand because so many people are using this term and they can't even define it. Like most trans people can define what it means to be trans and the way that they're feeling and why they have chosen this path. Yeah. Right. 
But with non-binary people, it seems like most of them either can't explain that or they're so offended by the question that they're unwilling to even answer the question, you know? And I've also seen some people who are like, I'm trans and non-binary. I think I'm sorry, that doesn't make sense. That's a direct contradiction. How are you telling me you're trans... And you're non-binary. I just, I don't think those two things can go together. I'm sorry. I think it's one or the other. And then you have this person that has female genitalia telling me that they're trans. Okay, so you're you're transitioning to male. Okay, got it. But then you're non-binary, but you present, you're presenting female. It's sending me a lot of mixed messages. And it it's hard for me to see that person and be like, you just want attention. And then if anybody misgenders them, they flip out and it's a huge issue i think that person it just seems like they want attention i i pretty much figured it out today because when i saw that person that looked like my old friend it just brought back memories right so i i thought about how whenever i was with this person i'll just call her sydney i was like such the girl i was like the girl of that friendship right but it i've thought many times of myself as a more masculine type of girl than other girls might be surprising to some people because it's just like some girls I've been friends with, they can't handle life. I have to drive. I have to take care of things because they just, and I feel like the masculine one. But like, I think that these people are confusing just the fact that you can get in different situations and behave differently with your gender. Like the act is gendered. Sure. It doesn't make, that doesn't affect your gender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as far as if I had to get in charge and not get us in a car accident and this pers- other person's freaking out, maybe they're acting feminine and I'm acting masculine. It wouldn't make me feel like I'm a boy now, you know? Yeah, and I think are those things, I think I think some of those things, you can even view them as not necessarily masculine or feminine, but maybe like, I don't want to use the words like dominant or submissive, but and- I think there are a lot of different ways, though. like they're not even necessarily like feminine or masculine traits. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what word I would use to describe those, but like, I just think that everything is gendered. Like, there's a gender to basically like in Spanish, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, but I don't know if it really works like that in Spanish because it seems to have no rhyme or reason. Yeah, it's just la or l. But, but what I think what you mean, Bonnie, is that like every act is to one degree or another either masculine or feminine, essentially. Yeah, and it's like obviously a spectrum. Like some things are just kind of more in the middle, kind of. You know, sitting in a chair isn't gendered. Yeah, I guess I just don't really see it that way. But like, sit, I don't how really... you sit in the chair is gendered, right? Yeah, that's that's true. I but mean, there like... are, but but to me, those are all just like cultural norms because that's different right. country to country. Well, that's all gender is as a set of cultural and yeah. societal norms. And right. I think like what I was talking about before, where like you can like just taking away gender. So this was another one of the theories of that group I was talking about, the Freebirth Society. So one of their things was taking away gender. So like, don't even think about gender, just thinking of sex. So male or female, and then whatever you do within that, like taking away all of the gender norms, like people can do whatever they want and it's not necessarily masculine or feminine. You're just who you are and you can kind of do whatever you want. I don't necessarily agree with that because that just takes away a lot of individuality that can come from gender. And obviously, like some people, even if they're, you know, if if they have, you know, if they're born a male, they don't necessarily want to be 
described as that. So I think it just, it simplifies it a little too much, but I do like the general theory of that. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree. And we mentioned gender language, right? And that's a thing in the Spanish language. It's not so much a thing in the English language, but in Spanish, almost every noun, maybe every noun, I don't know, has a gender attached to it. Yeah. It's either a male noun or a female noun. And it and it doesn't even, and I'm wondering if those words are necessarily masculine or feminine or if it's just whether you use L or La. Well, L is the one used for masculine. Yeah, exactly. And La is the used But then the word oh, changes. I see what you mean. Yeah. The word changes too. Yeah, the so... Word will- can uh, like you know if it ends with a, it's usually feminine. Yeah, like Latina o, would yeah. be feminine and Latino mm-hmm. would be masculine. And this is why some people, busybody liberals out there, want to replace Latino and Latina with Latinx. But they're like completely discounting the entire language doing that, and the well, feelings yes, of the people care. who are Latin. I mean, the, you these, know. These are gentrifying white Starbucks customers. They don't care about the cultures of people they're stepping on. They've spent thousands of years making it clear that they don't care about any culture that isn't theirs. Yeah, these are the people that have communist stickers on their MacBook Pro. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Mm -hmm. They want to replace Latino and Latina with Latinx. And Bonnie, you have a new story about this because it never even occurred to me prior un- until tonight that this whole Latina, Latina, this Latinx thing was meant to be a genderless form of Latina or Latino. Yeah. I had never really given it. I'd seen it in some places, but I never really stopped to think about it. I feel like it's something that they, quote unquote, they tried to make catch on. And it just didn't because people who actually like use those words commonly have never had a problem with saying Latino or Latino. Oh, you mean the people that actually belong to those cultures? You mean the Latinos and the Latinas? Right. And it's not hard to say that. Or I don't know. Like I've also heard people from Mexico say Latin, like just Latin to mean the same thing. So it's like it's almost like it wasn't even necessary. But yeah, I've never thought of it as being gender neutral before either. I thought it was just we're using this to be woke. I thought it was just, I, I never really stopped to think about what it was being used for. It was just some vague term that I had seen here or there. And I was just like, okay, whatever. I did. I, and I, I was kind of the same way. I didn't know what it was until I saw people of that culture being upset. Like, no, I'm a Latina. Like, stop, dis, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, I, I suppose from their point of view, it's like telling a woman that you're not going to call her a woman anymore. You're going to call them her a person. Yeah. And I, I, I can understand why she would be upset about that. Or why a guy would be upset about not being called a man. So coming out, we're going to talk about that. Latinos and Latinas or Latinx. Um, whatever you prefer to be called, we, we really don't care. Just, you know, be cool about it. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and you can still join us if you're quick. You can get on the air with the 603-283-6160 if you want to. A 603-283-6160. Maybe you can explain to me what non-binary like is. 
because I'm not sure I know, honestly. And, you know, for those who are listening already, you may not be aware, I'm a trans girl, right? So, and I don't know what non-binary is supposed to mean anymore. If you would ask me like three years ago what it meant, I could have told you, well, if someone who identifies as neither male nor female, they take characteristics from both gender and or they arbitrarily just do whatever they want and that's, that's all they want to do and that's fine and there's nothing wrong with that. But now I'm not convinced that's that has anything to do with it based on some of these people I've seen that it seems to just be a proclamation. If I'm I'm non-binary and that's all it is. I I don't know anymore. Things yeah. have changed. There there's a girl I know in in Keen that says they're non-binary and I detect absolutely nothing non-feminine about them. They don't shave, but there's plenty of women that don't shave. Yeah, shaving is a relatively new thing in the yeah. in America and Western society in general. I think it came about in like the 20th century when razor companies wanted to sell more razors. Like literally, that's how women shaving their legs came about. And it's just so confusing for me because so much of everything comes down to like girl or boy, masculine, feminine, like pronouns, he and she, just normal, normal language. It's... It really throws a curveball for a lot of people that aren't used to that language. And even, I mean, even me as a medical provider, there are certain things that we do differently. And we kind of, I guess, in like nursing or in medicine, we kind of go based off of like what their like biological gender is, I guess. Well, that's pretty important, right? Yeah, because I'm going to need a prostate exam and being a trans woman is not going to change that. But I'm just wondering, I just thought of like trans people who get um, gender reassignment surgery. What do we do then? (laughs) You know, because your your hormones are going to be a little different. You know, the the bone structure, like there are certain things that are just different based off of the way that person was born, like which gender they were or which sex technically they were born as. Well, this is why I always call myself a trans woman, right? Because these things are relevant. Like it's relevant that, you know, I was born a male, but I've been on estrogen now for like six years. That's relevant. Because you're, I mean, and that's going to affect your body. So like now it's not like your body is a male or a female. Like it's kind of this other, it's, it's a, it's a chapter in itself. You know what I mean? So, And I feel like it's definitely important and it would be disingenuous, if, if not outright wrong, for me to pretend like it wasn't relevant for me. So, well, it's simply a woman, right? Well, that, no, because if I need to go to a doctor, I'm like, okay, well, woman, you have prostate cancer, right? Well, and I don't mean to justify uh, transphobia in medicine, which does happen. You know, yeah. th- there was a woman who a number of years ago doctors were refusing to see her for her prostate cancer because she was trans and yeah. you know, well you're a woman figure it out or whatever i don't know exa- what oh exactly God. they were telling her but it was a real thing that happened probably wouldn't happen today no and especially up here like where we live it's not yeah. I, it might be worse in the south but up here uh, most doctors and nurses are pretty good about it i would think so but still it's it's a tricky situation and there's no good way of navigating it and I think that a little more understanding in the subject in all directions would do the world a lot of good. Like if we could, people are going to listen to this conversation that we've had tonight and they're going to say that we're transphobic. No, and it's just, it's ridiculous. And I think there needs to be more research being done on trans people and people that are taking supplementary hormones 
and in regards to health, you know? Yeah. I mean, even women on birth control and other form hormonal forms of birth control, there is not enough research done on how that affects their bodies. I, I kind of think that the stuff we've been stating tonight is in a way almost like, uh, I don't know, affirming what I believe is the ideas that trans people have, if, if that makes sense. Because it's like, it muddies the water and makes things difficult for trans people when people are like, no, I'm a tree her. I'm not a she or her or him. I'm tree her. I'm part tree and that's my gender. That That's what confuses people, pisses people off, makes people go, we live in a clown world. It's like, I don't know. My other trans friend said it's uh, like perfectly like that it makes sense if gender is a is a you know a spectrum from one point A to point B. To you're on one one part of that spectrum. If you're something else, that's just a different thing. You know, going yeah. on with your brain. I also think a lot of older people in the LGBT community that I know, like people who were alive in the '80s and really got the brunt of a lot of that hatred, they're kind of offended by some of this because they had to live through a period where they were being attacked and ostracized just for who they are and now it seems like it's just a little trendy and uh, some people are using these terms and they're not being genuine with it because it's cool now but guess what it like you know 30 40 years ago it wasn't cool and it was actually dangerous so yeah. it is it is a lot of it's a little offensive to some people who went through like this huge struggle. And I'm not saying they think like everyone should go through that struggle, but just be genuine with it. You know, absolutely. It's not cool. It's just something. I mean, there's the whole trans trender thing that we just we're just not allowed to talk about. Right. We're, yeah. we're just not allowed to talk about the fact that there are young people out there, quote, transitioning and becoming non-binary and all these other things, because that's what's cool. Yeah. Right. We're not allowed to say that. But it's it's a reality. It's, it's actually happening. And I see it, yeah. And it sucks. And those people are going to regret it. And and when those people go five years from now and they go, oh, I'm transitioning, I'm detransitioning or whatever, it, it's going to be paraded out by these right wingers going, see, yeah. see, 26% of trans people regret transitioning yeah. or whatever. We just need hmm. more balance. Both sides need more balance. And I think that's the big issue because you have the left and the right and they're on two opposite spectrums of this issue. They're like, you know, I have the right who's like, they're grooming children. And then you have the left that are a little too supportive of anyone that wants transitioning. And I'm not saying people shouldn't be allowed to do what they want to do, but there needs to be more of a conversation. And I'm sure there are some parents who are encouraging their children a little too much to transition. I would love to see more genuine, honest conversation on the subject. Speaking of genuine, honest conversation, let's give this a shot. Sarah from New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? Well, Sarah, well, I, Sarah, you're yeah. you're Latinx, right? Latinx? No, she's Asian. I'm I thought, Asian. I thought you were half Hispanic. I'm Asian. Remember her great grandma no, was from I'm North not. Korea. I know, but I thought she was also oh. half Hispanic. No, I'm I'm pure Korean. I'm Asian. You're not any yeah, but- form of Hispanic. No. What did I think you were? I don't know. Okay. Just, uh, something. Okay, never but, mind. Then. Um, somebody was. Um, I don't know. Misunderstood me. But um, what do you think about Latinos and Latinas? Should we just call them Latinxes? I I I really I really don't know. But you know that I I'm actually a woman, but I always gotten along better with men for some reason. I 
even though my genitalia is a woman, I have a masculine personality trait. I'm very straightforward and so, but I Are you coming out to us? It doesn't matter. Huh? Are you trans? No, I'm not trans. No, I'm I'm a woman. I like like being a woman, but I relate better to men for some reason. They like me better. I don't know. That's fine. And I think that's... I I suspect men probably do like you better. Well, and that's like a lot of what the conversation we were just having, you know? And I think a lot of people feel like Sarah do. They're like, no, I'm a woman. I like being a woman. I would never identify as anything besides a woman, but... I have these masculine characteristics, and it's just yeah, something, I'm you know. Straightforward. Yeah. Well, you said you you have to hear about honesty. You know, that's like a being honest and direct and truthful is a masculine trait. It's for women that kind of like make hold, hold, hold on. They hold want to lie a little bit. They just can't say no or yes, or they like something where they don't like him. That's a, a masculine trait. I have so, heard that a lot, know, and and I used to think there's that's ridiculous there's not no truth to that but sometimes just in my interactions with Ian I realize that I'm doing that like I'll be like ugh I'm fine or whatever <laughs> I don't know and I want him to figure out what I mean and I I don't know instead of just being straightforward it does come yeah. out a little bit I've never really thought of myself that way like when interacting with friends it's like only with my husband I mean Men and women oh, wow. both do that, though. That, that's not really a yeah. gender thing. Yeah, I've dated guys where they were like, you have to guess the way I'm feeling. And I'm right. like, nope, not going to do that. I'm just going to leave. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this is what they do. They sit there, they stew, and they play Xbox and get upset and stew mm-hmm. in that instead of being like, no, I'm fine. They're just like, no, I'm just playing Xbox. Maybe yeah. it just comes out more with me with Ian because of the fact that Ian is like a never changing. Like when I tell you that Ian is straightforward, the way he is on the radio is how he is in real life. It's just the truth. Yeah, it is. I right. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but anyways, that's a fun topic. But I wanted to really bring up the fact that nobody is talking about HB twenty two. That's what I wanted to call in about. What the but hell is HB twenty two? House Bill twenty two is putting the auto the auto traffic. Uh, the I don't know. I just keep. You don't know what it is, but you want to talk about it? Is it the one that's taking away the registration for the car? Not the registration, the inspection? No, putting the speeding cameras on state highways. Is this some New Mexico thing? Yeah, but, you know, I talked to the secretary. She said that they're getting a bunch of calls about this, but I'm not hearing nothing about it on TV. Okay, let me know what this, what this, what is HB 22, Sarah? What, what is it? What is it doing? Okay, HB 22 is um, putting the use of auto traffic um, systems on enforcement systems. That's the title of it. But it's actually being able to put these on the U.S. and state highways and throughout our state. In other words, okay, so we have in Albuquerque. Did either of you understand that? Yeah, right now they're not on state highways. What's not? Uh, Uh, The cameras. Oh, she didn't say that part. Oh, uh, maybe I just heard her talk okay, about it before. Okay, look, okay, look at this. Okay, so in Albuquerque, Unstar, Coors, Tramway, Paseo, and uh, Alameda, those are state highways. So until we pass this, we're not authorized to put speeding cameras on the street. And even though they're right going through, all of these streets are going right through Albuquerque. We're only allowed to put them on Gibson, Central, and San Mateo, and other so-called city streets. So I'm, what I'm thinking is, is what's the difference? What it, What is the difference? You so said there's three highways? There's about five state highways. Uh-huh. So 
So technically, the language that the bill has to read, automated speeding camera shall be authorized to put on statewide highways. Isn't someone just going to climb up? Climb up there and knock it down anyway. Throw a beer can at it or whatever they've been doing in New Mexico to take down your precious speeding cameras. Is that happening? Oh, I don't know yeah, about they the put camera. a bag on top of it. There was this one guy that dressed up as a clown and got a giant ladder and climbed up there to one of the like stoplight cameras and like put a box over it or something. Yeah, Sarah called in acting like it was such a bad thing that happened. I but thought it's it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, that's hilarious, Sarah. Well, it is always about 15 years ago, there was an old man that came out in his pajamas three o'clock in the morning and shut down the speeding vans. And then they finally put him in the mental hospital. You know, they Why? It sounds like he was one of the sanest people in that <laughs> crazy desert you guys have. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I, so, Sarah, I was laughing about it. Back, back, back to these people. state highways, Sarah. What difference do you think is going to make for these five highways to have traffic cameras versus the hundreds of other cameras you already have? Well, we only have 10, and they're only allowed to put them on city highways. And the the it's the state highways where I hear a bunch of wrecks on these cores and on sort of speeding. Because what do you expect the traffic cameras to do right about now. the wrecks? Okay, right now, only person that could, only live officers can give out speeding tickets on these state highways only. So this is very silly. So you and want so cameras to be able to give people tickets? She does. She doesn't care right, about the Fourth the Amendment. Highways. I don't, don't even have... want the cops to give out tickets. Yeah, don't you have the right to confront your accuser? How are you going to confront a camera? Well, you know what? It's the uh, well. We okay. That's okay. We already have ten speeding cameras. We got over that. Yeah, you have. It ten, doesn't affect Sarah because she doesn't many. drive, so she doesn't care about the rights of the people that do drive. And that's ultimately exactly what it comes down to. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Sarah. She she's never driven a vehicle. She's a pedestrian. She's also never been hit by a car. Well. Is that true? I, I don't remember now. It seems like she yes. may have been hit by a car before on, coming to New it. Mexico. Well, I don't in 22 remember now. years, she hasn't been hit by a car. You're right. Yeah, so I, I don't remember the specifics. 22 Maybe was... years as a pedestrian. She might be going on 23 now. Never hit by a car. Not even once. Not even once. <laughs> Not even once. I mean, that's an impressive track record. And you know what? It has nothing to do with the fact that there are traffic cameras in Albuquerque. There weren't traffic cameras for all of the last 20 years they, they don't do anything and we've had this conversation sarah way way too way much too yeah. many times. so i actually got confused i brought i brought up the inspection sticker thing because she said nobody is talking or nobody was talking about and i thought she meant our co-host nobody so ah. i was like oh maybe it was a new hampshire thing hb22 Oh, there's oh. a New Hampshire thing trying to get rid of inspection stickers which i'm all about i think that's awesome yeah it's a um, racket but uh but apparently she just meant nobody like the real uh, way. Yeah, no that one. Sound, yeah, like no one. So Yeah, Sarah, I, I am exhausted by this traffic camera conversation, and I suspect that most people are as well. It's not interesting. It material. sucks because sometimes she like, starts off talking about something way more interesting. Like, I've never heard Sarah, uh, you know, describe herself as a masculine person yeah. or whatever. Like, that whole conversation was way more interesting than she started being I'm like, sure. Talking about the traffic tickets. Honestly, if Sarah just called in and told us a bunch of stories about her life, that she's would got be, those stories. That though. would be way more interesting. I mean, sometimes she calls and she says some crazy stuff. I mean, That's the material we want. She has some the, crazy opinions, yeah. But I mean, 
She's no, a she's... 65-year-old welfare whore who's never accomplished or done anything with her life. She has no stories to her tell. Her stories are more like, Let yeah. me tell you about the time I slept on the sidewalk. Let me tell you about the time that I was upset because people were smoking in my vicinity. <laughs> she's also got a lot of those, yeah. So it, it's sad. And for those who are criticizing me for calling Sarah a welfare whore, I mean, I'm not wrong. She, no. is, she is a she proud. She to it. Yeah, she lives off welfare. She doesn't want a job. She's never had a job. And I think she had a job briefly when she was 16. She's fine living out there. There's nothing wrong with this lady. But she to be clear, get a job. She, you're not calling her a slut, right? Because right. she thought yes. you were calling her a slut that one time. That's well, true. she might be. She doesn't seem to be. I mean, if she, she, could she, be. she probably wouldn't have been homeless if she was a slut, though. Yeah. I mean, it would, <laughs> she, she could arrange things, right? So I, I know I, some I homeless the, sluts. I don't. I tend to assume, because then they wouldn't be homeless, right? Well. Anyway, I tend to assume Sarah's probably not a slut, but she is a welfare whore. She, you know, proudly lives off government welfare. And that's simply all there is to it about Sarah. So tell us what's going on with this Latinx thing. I don't know why the hell I thought Sarah was Latina, but I did. So tell us what's going on with this Latinx thing, Bonnie, because I've never really considered it as a replacement for Latino and Latina. Yep, this Democratic-backed Connecticut bill would ban... The term Latinx. I'm not even sure if we're pronouncing it right. Is it Latinx or? I think it's Latinx. But why are we banning it? You know, like, why are we banning anything? Well, the thing is, I'm okay with this certain ban because it's not banning for human beings to use the word. Okay. It's banning for the government to use the word. So okay. oh, I'm fine okay, with I'm, the government. I'm okay yeah. with that. Okay. Anytime the government finish. wants to ban itself from doing something, I'm generally okay with that. Says a group of Hispanic lawmakers in Connecticut has proposed that the state follow Arkansas's lead and ban the term Latinx from official government documents, calling it offensive to Spanish speakers. So apparently Arkansas already did this. I I doubt that was the reason Arkansas right. did it, though. <laughs> Probably not. It may have been, but it doesn't sound like the Arkansas I know to be like, this is offensive I was to Hispanics. Say, uh, I, and I also didn't think that Arkansas was known for its Hispanic population. Not so much, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with this particular piece of legislation because you've got the Hispanics in the House or whatever it was saying, look, we want to we want to ban the government from using this term. It, it, how, how do you approach this as a non-Hispanic person trying to use the term Latinx while a, a Latino is literally in front of you telling you we don't want to. That's wanna, offensive. Yeah. 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 I mean, they went out of their way to create legislation about this. If that doesn't send a message, I don't know what does. It says all you can do at this point is say, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was being offensive. I'll stop using it immediately. Right? Yeah. The article goes straight into offending these people, saying the word is used as a gender neutral alternative to Latino and Latina and is helpful in supporting people who do not identify as either male or female. So they can be Latinx. Everyone doesn't, you know, every Hispanic person doesn't have to be Latinx just because of this small group of people want to use the term, you know? Right. I mean, it's probably is a pretty small amount of people who are just like, I mean, a, a trans woman who's Hispanic probably wants to be called Latina. But it's more like than the Latinx. The Well, they mean the non-binaries, right? Yeah, the 0.0002% of people That's what I'm who saying. are non-binary. So the non-binary is even smaller amount. Um it says but state rep Geraldo Reyes Jr. of Waterbury, the bill's chief uh, sponsor and one of five Hispanic Democrats who put their name on the legislation, said Latinx is not a Spanish word but is rather a woke term that is offensive to Connecticut's large Puerto Rican population. 
I mean, that sounds accurate based on what I can tell. Yeah. And look, it it's true. If a male to female trans person wants to use a pronoun in Spanish, they're going to use Latina. And if a female to male person, they're they're going to use Latino. The Latinx thing, or it, it seems to solve a problem that do, just doesn't exist. Yeah. Maybe there is point zero zeros whatever percentage of people out there who are Hispanic and non-binary, and that's fine. And we don't want to exclude them. We don't want to be hostile to them or anything like that. But like, they can use the term Latinx though if they want to. Yes, we don't need the government to say, well, everyone has to be considered yeah. Latinx because we don't want to offend these people. And it comes back to the question of partner versus spouse versus husband yeah. versus wife. It's like just because I use the term partner doesn't mean you can't call Ian a husband. Yeah. Like no. You can call him a partner if you want. I don't care. It has nothing to do with me, right? But my preference to call someone I'm involved with a partner rather than a husband or wife is just my preference. Yeah, exactly. So there was actually, not to get off topic, but just real quick, there was a college in Massachusetts who, out of precaution to not offend anybody or misgender anybody or mispronoun anybody, instead of using pronouns, everyone was they even though that's technically kind of a pronoun. So then you had a lot of women and a lot of men who were very offended because they were... Not to mention the trans people. Well, they were using the wrong pronouns. You can't pretend like they isn't a pronoun. You can't have it both ways. So in order to appease this small, small, microscopic percentage of the college that's going to get offended about this, you're going to offend like 99% of people... Like, I specifically don't want to be called they, them. Yeah. I don't want to be called that. I put too much effort. I don't want to be called that. There. <laughs> you know, most people don't. But as a transfer, I put in too much effort to feminize my appearance and my mannerisms to be to, to be insulted yeah. by being called they, them. Yeah. No, I totally, yeah, I understand that. And it's, it's, it's insulting. But they they don't care. This is the part where all of this, what is multisectionalism? What is the term I'm looking for? Intersectionalism. Yeah, where all of that starts to fall apart. It's like they're they're pitting our interests against one another when I know the non-binary people out there, they don't care if you're called she or if I'm called Mm. she or if I'm called he. They don't care because it's not them. You know what it was? It was some cis straight white yes. girl that went to that college that was like no we need to save all of the all the lgbtq people you're That's, exactly and right. they weren't asking you to save them no, it's white you know? knighting it's that same still white yeah. savior complex that we've seen over and over throughout history leading to crap like this i'm sure that's why people in connecticut had to come up and say we don't want to be called Latinx because it doesn't seem like it was a Hispanic, like a Puerto Rican person who started saying, oh, I demand to be called Latinx or whatever, they, however they pronounce that. It was probably not. And, probably not. You know, I I don't know very many Hispanic people, but I certainly don't know any who have ever asked me to call them Latinx. And if they wanted me to, the equivalent of the Hispanic equivalent of they, them, I'm fine with that. It's it's difficult and it takes some adjustment. Like I still don't use they, them uh, the way that I should with a non-binary coworker. Like I'm trying, but that it's awkward. It's clunky and I don't like it, but I will use it when I can remember to, but it doesn't come naturally. I'm from San Antonio and I've never, ever, ever met anyone who wants to be called Latinx. Like there, I mean, I've no, I know hundreds of Hispanic people. I've never even heard them just use it to, to talk about other Hispanic people. And that's just what never, ever. That's why I didn't even know what it meant. It's not really a thing. 
No, it's a, it's a solution in search of a problem. Yeah, the, the problem simply doesn't exist. No matter how much these these woke leftists want it to exist, that no one's taking issue with the existence of the words Latino and Latina. Maybe maybe some people out there are, but not enough for anyone to be like tilting windmills over it. And they should be less controlling. Tell. Like you don't have to use it. Absolutely. Just live and let live in general. Be nice to one another and let other people determine what they want to be called. Thanks for listening. Out of time tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Free Talk Live. The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene. You'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com. Keene is famous for its historic, publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeene.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeene.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keene. That's move.freekeene.com.